0: guys, welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. Uh, I am Blue, and I am here with the extravagant Brad today.
1: Oh, look at you. You uh, only had to pause for two seconds just, this time. Just a quick I'm,
0: pause this time.
1: I am so pleased. Hi. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I uh, I've got a nice chunky bruise on my arm from having blood taken yesterday. So, uh, that is great. I enjoy that. Every time I bend my elbow, um, I get a, a nice sensation of ouch.
1: Mmm, you see, I totally relate. But mine isn't just my elbow, it's any time I lift my arms.
0: Oh yeah, you've got a bad sunburn, don't you?
1: Oh, it's so bad. Now, granted, thankfully, the top of my head has healed for the most part. But yeah, any time I lift my arms, I'm in a big sensation of ow myself.
0: Yeah, one place I have never burnt is the top of my head.
1: Well, look (laughs) how much hair you have versus how none hair I have, because that's good English.
0: I could have sworn that you had six feet of luscious auburn locks.
1: Mm, You would be mistaken. (laughs) Now, I wish my beard were six feet of auburn locks, because that would be amazing and I would probably be kicked out of my current dwelling. (laughs) (laughs) For having that, but that beard would be amazing.
0: Wouldn't it get in the way with everything? I mean, there's a certain amount of hair that is... Like, once it gets to a certain point, isn't it just obnoxious?
1: Uh, now my mustache can get very obnoxious, but my beard? Nah, fam. Think about it. I could be the ultimate non-weeb. Who needs an anime waifu body pillow when I have (laughs) just a giant beard?
0: (laughs) Would you braid it?
1: Honestly, yes. (laughs) Because could you imagine... Like, if somebody was trying to fuck with me and I just whipped him with the beard, just beat the shit out of him with it.
0: How heavy do you expect it to be? Wait, what? Heavy. Like, you've got to carry that around on your face every day.
1: Okay, I already carry around a shit ton of weight anyway because I'm fat. It comes with the territory.
0: But, like, on your jaw, you just have your mouth open all the time. The weight's just dragging your jaw down. (laughs)
1: nah jaw muscles
0: you don't like the crimson chin
1: (laughs) yeah I would have like the most like muscular chin (laughs) out of anybody on the face of the planet (laughs) oh that would be that would be amazing I would love this
0: okay this is a serious question that I have why is it that every like really butch anime guy with the like the chin dimple whenever you see them they have the most gorgeous hair I don't know because I can't think of a time when there's been an anime male with, like, that that jaw, that chin, that doesn't have fantastic hair.
1: I mean, at that point, I think they're just trying to make the entire focal point of that character their face. So just throw every single, yeah, like, extravagant animation style to that character. Just go, get at it, go.
0: <laughs> yeah, give them waist-length, <laughs> luscious, sparkly, gorgeous hair.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Why not? Yeah. At that point, just throw it all at them.
0: (laughs) But, anyways, before we get um, into uh, the meat and potatoes um, of today's uh, topic, which is, of course, Food Wars, all four first seasons. First seasons? All four. (laughs)
1: All four first seasons. Brilliant.
0: All four seasons that are currently complete is what I meant to say. We are going to be doing it slightly differently. We're not going to be going in depth into each episode like we normally do. We're just going to be doing a quick overview of each season and then talking about our favourite parts from each season as well. I do have some notes on the key points of each episode so I can reference them throughout. But um, yeah, we're not going to be diving into that completely. But before we go like crazy into all of that... um how are you like other than the sunburn
1: i'm great i've got to spend time with puppies so that's been absolutely wonderful that's good um i've been getting a lot better at siege that's what a lot of my spare time has been going into because you know i've been for some reason in the mood to just tear people apart in a fps it's been fun (laughs)
0: no, <laughs> oh, that, that is fun. I haven't had any spare time to do anything. If I did, it, I would probably end up just watching more anime, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I've watched so much anime since our last recording session, whenever we get to that bit here in a minute, you'd better strap yourself in we're in we're in for a talk
0: <laughs> yeah i uh haven't managed to watch much outside of what we are covering have you yeah uh have you read anything new any manga new any 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 manga new any new manga? <laughs> I know that you were like trying to to get into reading more manga recently
1: so I have been reading Doctor Stone, but mm-hmm. that's mainly because I got that massive stack of dr stone manga in mm-hmm. So that's been, that's been my manga reading. What about you?
0: I actually haven't had much time. I, I've been messing around with more video game stuff. I'm, I'm helping on a project with uh, designing a video game with like the, the level design and uh, like the storyline and stuff like that. So I've been trying to, and it's kind of like a retro inspired kind of video game that, that we're doing just for a fun project. So I've been trying to do a lot of research on things like that and and the information that I need for it. So that's kind of where all my my spare time has been. So I've been playing some like random visual novels and random like things that have uh, random video games on Steam, stuff that's like the free or very cheap um just so that I can kind of get a broader perspective on how people show storylines and video games now compared to how people showed them like back in the 80s and early 90s you know mm-hmm. it's been a fun kind of research project but it's also been making me dive back into my witchy roots uh, i don't know, i actually know if the podcast knows this but um my granddad was a white witch um which is an insane thing to say but he was and uh, he did a lot of like healing and experimenting with things like that back in the day and when I was very little I grew up around that and so I've always been kind of interested in that kind of stuff just because it was kind of like the only religion my family really ever expressed was him being witchy so that's kind of like where that went for me as a child so yeah i i have a lot of books and stuff on that and the specific project that we are that i'm working on has a lot of uh magical elements to it and so i've actually been able to apply some like herbalism stuff from that lore of you know the zodiac and moon phases and harvesting plants with your left hand with a bone handle, you know, like bone handled knife, that kinds of stuff, actually applying it into the video game world, which is very bizarre. And uh, I don't know, it's it's but it's been really, really fun to do. And I'm excited to continue doing it while I work on this project.
1: Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I definitely look forward to seeing how the project progresses, because I know at least a little bit about it.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, I don't know how much I can actually talk about right now so uh i'm trying to be as vague as possible but also telling you about my life (laughs) giving you life updates but yeah i'm sure that you guys will be some of the first folk to know as it progresses but it's very early stages right now just planning and and designing and coming up with everything so it's definitely a long-term project but yeah i'm excited about it
1: yeah Mm -hmm. anything else fun going on in the world of blue
0: Oh, uh, oh, I got diagnosed with carpal tunnel on my right wrist, which is fantastic considering I'm an artist. Um,
1: Ooh, that's yeah. a that's a heckin' oof.
0: Yeah, right-hand dominant artist, video game streamer, like, everything type. Like, what do you not do with your dominant hand? Like, everything. I write notebooks worth of information on anime on a weekly basis. Yeah, now I have carpal tunnel in my wrist. I've had to wear a wrist brace to bed every night, and I have to for a month to try and, like, stabilize my wrist for at least some portion of the day. hmm And, uh, do you know how hard it is to fall asleep with a wrist brace on? No. It's so hard. Like, having a, a big, solid, uncomfortable thing attached to your arm that you're not used to being there, and then it's like, okay, now relax.
1: I mean, hey, you, you got this, I believe.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I'm also, because I have, I'm going to also blame this on ADHD, but I don't know if it is ADHD. It could just be the fact that I'm incapable. Uh, but I've forgotten to wear it. Uh, I, uh, five days ago is when I was told by the doctor that I have to wear it. I've worn it two out of the five nights that I was supposed to have worn it. I'm doing fantastic.
1: Do Do I need to just message you, like, after every stream and be like, put your damn wrist brace on i
0: know it's just like go like put it on now so that that when you go to sleep at like 4 a.m or whenever it is that you finally fall asleep you have it on already and you don't, like, f- remember it. Because, like, I never I never just take it off when I wake up so it's on my bedside table. No, that's too logical for me. I move around and then leave it somewhere. And then I don't know where it is and then I don't see it before I go to bed so I don't remember to put it on. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, ah, oh, my wrist hurts. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why. Probably because I slept with it tucked under my neck in a weird position all night.
1: <laughs> Good Good job!
0: I know I'm best uh, of jobs. I've, I it's a uh-huh. aha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a <an> uh-huh. aha. <laughs>
0: it's an aha. Uh-huh. That's how it is.
1: Oh me, you you poor soul.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's about it for me.
1: I I have no fun stories to tell. My life has literally been consumed with treating the top of my head tennis. River and anime. I so much anime.
0: I just got the image when you said treating the top of your head. I literally got the image of you like buying it a bouquet of flowers and a box of chocolates. Like that's what I got <laughs> in my head. It wasn't like putting cream on it. It was like getting your your head a treat. Like that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Let, let that's what my that's what the top of my head needs right now. It deserves to be courted.
0: It does. It deserves a bouquet of flowers. I I think everyone needs a bouquet of flowers every now and again, and I feel like the top of your head deserves one.
1: I mean, you're right. Okay, so here's the thing, because I've seen things going around of how men are typically the ones, like, whenever they, you know, take their partner out, they'll, like, get them flowers and all this stuff. But when do men get flowers?
0: Yeah, men should get flowers more. Like, I don't know why it, I mean... Unless you're like allergic. But like um <laughs> I bought you a bouquet of flowers. Poof, swallowed up. Um
1: <laughs> That 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 sounds like what would happen to tree.
0: <laughs> that's ironic. That's really ironic.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, but right. my, my poor best friend. Like, if he were to ever get a bouquet of flowers, this man is basically allergic to everything. Poor guy. Oh, Love him to death.
2: <laughs> my
0: that would actually happen to my brother as well. My brother is so allergic to pollen that in primary school he was dissecting a flower i think it was a daffodil for science class and he swelled up so bad um, that they sent him out of the classroom they made him ice his face for the rest of the day and uh, he was ended up getting sent home early and then when i then took that same science class two years later they kicked me out (laughs) because his, his reaction was so bad that they wouldn't let me in just in case they <laughs> <laughs> no, like you can't you can't dissect the flower and i'm like i don't have that bad of a pollen allergy and they're like your brother said that too go away <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that is amazing yeah. i'm surprised they remembered that far out to just kick you out yeah <laughs> of no, letting that happen
0: it you, genuinely that happened um so, that that's a story I haven't thought of in a long time, but that made me laugh a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that is amazing. That's unfortunate, but that is amazing. Yeah, so,
0: uh, I never got to dissect a flower in school. Sad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say, I don't know, I hated science. I fucking detest science with every part of my being.
0: <laughs> really? I, I quite like science, but I'm not, like, good at paying attention. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, I- I wasn't in school either. Like, I didn't... Like, we've had this conversation. School just was not for me. Like, it just didn't interest me Mm -hmm. in the slightest. If teachers could somehow grab my attention and make the subject interesting, like my history teachers Mm -hmm. in high school, like, that would have been fine. But no, like, my teachers almost seemed like they didn't necessarily give a shit most of the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, my worst subject grades wise was absolutely science absolutely
1: Hmm. see mine was that too but it's because like i said i refused to do my fucking homework oh yeah
0: i didn't do anything either i sat in the back of the classroom and literally zoned out the entire time and then when they were like oh have you done your worksheet i'm like no (laughs) i just didn't do it it's really not good it's if there are kids in school are Not necessarily kids, because you can be in school at any age. But, like, if you're in school, don't don't do what we did, okay? Like, especially if you're paying money for school.
1: (laughs) So, my one memory of science class was freshman year, we took physical science. And we had a sub. And literally, his motto was, I don't give a shit what you do. I get paid either way. (laughs) So, me and a buddy of mine played slaps. For the entire hour and a half period. Wow. (laughs) The only reason this still sticks in my brain is because after that happened, the next day he came to school in a cast. And my head immediately went to, oh my god. I broke you. I broke his hand. (laughs) But so what had happened was, was he was playing basketball after school and somebody passed the ball to him. And his hand had been weakened to the point to where, like, (laughs) the pass was a little bit too hard and it broke him
0: so what did he like (laughs) did he sprain his hand did he break it like what what was the injury it it, it was
1: it was a break (laughs) it was legitimately a break
0: so you must have caused minor fractures in his hand and then I,
1: i i guess we both like caused minor fractures to each other because i shit you not my left hand for about three or four days looked like a muffin
0: well now you're gonna have like a super strong left hand now all those bones are reinforced.
1: I mean, I guess. Now, if only Deku had learned this shit before he decided right. to become a hero, he'd be a lot better Honestly,
0: off. he just needed to play Knuckles or Slaps or whatever.
1: Yeah, because now he just constantly keeps breaking his shit.
0: Have you ever played Knuckles or do you only, did you only do Slaps?
1: I only did Slaps because I never wanted to end up with my hand being bloodied.
0: Ah. So slaps
1: was just one of those things that was just like, yeah seems easy enough. And it was just the palm or the top of my hand getting flacked, not everything else.
0: You've genuinely just made me realize what that scar on my hand is from. (laughs) 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 I'm not kidding when I say for years. I've looked at a scar on the pointer finger or the first finger of my left hand and been so confused as to where that scar came from for years. I remember now. My dad and I played knuckles.
1: (laughs) Discoveries with blue.
0: Right? My dad's left-handed, so.
1: Oh. Yeah. That explains everything.
0: Yeah, so I've got um, a scar on knuckle from that. Fun! Um, Yeah! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Have we got any news this week?
1: We do have some news.
0: News.
1: Yes, news. So, Netflix is going to be streaming The Seven Deadly Sins Imperial Wrath of the Gods will officially be streaming on Netflix as of August 6th. Right, okay. It initially premiered in or on television in Japan in October of last mm-hmm. year and ended in March of this year, but... Yeah, I gave up on Seven Deadly Sins after season one. I know some people who absolutely love it, but considering they changed studios, I don't know how I feel about it.
0: I know that I watched the first season. I have zero recollection of it other than there being a giant girl and underwear thief.
1: Um, I don't remember there being an, under- an underwear thief. I think you're thinking of Konosuba with Kazuma stealing I- everybody's I've- underwear.
0: Oh, yeah, I probably got them confused. I remember there being a, a giant girl.
1: Yeah, definitely giant girl. That was a thing.
0: And yeah, I don't really remember anything other than that. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, I know I watched the first season. I don't think I watched the second season because I watched the first season when I don't think there was a second season out yet
1: mm-hmm yeah yeah i watched it like right as the second season was about to start coming out and once i heard that the second season kind of fell flat because they started to bring in power levels and i've said this before the only show that i'll even remotely accept that with is dragon ball because mm. after that it just starts getting really confusing i'm just like mm, nope not nah, fam not for me mm. i'm out <laughs> but second piece of news g kids has canceled the children of the sea films theatrical screenings in august Now, it's still set to release on Blu-ray and DVD in September. However, I guess just with everything going on in the world, they're like, nope, not happening. Not today. Yeah, honestly...
0: I mean, it makes sense, because although, like, the majority of the world has kind of gotten COVID under, like, wraps and, like, has kind of figured it out.
1: So, yeah, it makes sense. Now is not the best time to reopen theaters.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: But also, doing a theatrical screening before the film drops, I kind of question that a little bit. Mm. But who am I to judge? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm quite interested to see how this affects cinemas in general. Because they were already sort of dying a death in the sense that they were so expensive to go to, and because movie like you can stream movies from your home so much faster nowadays. Anyways, like you don't have to pay for you know you don't even have to pay to rent it. You know, because like before Netflix was a big thing, you had like sure on demand and stuff where you could like pay for to rent a movie digitally mm. for like twenty four hours or forty eight hours or whatever, which is effectively just like a digital blockbuster. But then that died and then like Netflix and everything started booming. Mm -hmm. And now because of the pandemic, they're doing full theatre releases on those at home streaming sites. So you're not even getting like a pre-showing like you would do at a theatre like before it's out on DVD. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder if like this is kind of the death of cinema and if it is like what should be done to revolution... Because it's so expensive to go to the cinema. Like, to buy your ticket and then to go get snacks or whatever because you're not allowed to bring anything in, even though most people already do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's so expensive to go to the cinema, and why would you pay $50 to go to the cinema when you can, like, just watch it at home for your $10 a month?
1: Now, I'll tell you what should happen. Drive-in theatres. Those should make a comeback.
0: I agree. I love a good drive-in theatre. Sometimes they set up temporary ones at the Walmart during summer out here in, in where I'm at in Canada.
1: See, our local park will set up one. Now, it's not a drive-in, but, you know, you can sit out on the lawn, bring long chairs, bring your kids, and they'll, like, show films during the summer and fall. But mm-hmm. I, I think it should be a thing. Like, bring drive-in theatres back. That would be cool.
0: Yeah. I I think that's... uh, Because my thought was to turn them more into, like, theatre. Like, when you go to see, like, something at the West End or at Broadway or something, like, it's much more of an event. And I feel like you could do that with cinema as well and make it more... Back when, like, what cinema was when cinema was first invented, you know? Uh, Make it more of a thing rather than, oh, I'm just going to go catch a movie. Because that's not going to hold anymore. So I feel like instead of doing popcorn and sweets and, and fizzy drinks, you should do more cafe coffees, maybe some soft pastries. Um, Obviously, you still want to avo- avoid loud food and anything that's too messy. But I feel like some pasties and things would work really well. Like warmer food, have it maybe have like a dress code or and then like, like make it much more of a luxury experience and make it worth the price because right now it's not worth the price to go to a cinema for what it is but if you go there and you get good quality food and you get to have vendors coming around giving you coffee or even serving alcohol having like why obviously you would have to restrict it and then having adult nights where it's over 18 only even if the movie isn't rated r so it's like you could go see the new frozen movie or whatever but it's an adult only night so you don't have to go catch a disney movie when all of the kids are in the audience and then watch a movie with a crying baby in the seat the whole time like you can go there and and go on an adult night. And then you could do that with... Yeah, I think that's where they should go. I think they should specialise it a lot more.
1: There are some theatres that are like that, or at least ones that serve hot food and alcohol and everything else. Chattanooga, The Mm -hmm. Next Town Over, they do have... Like, one of their theatres? And I think... No, it wasn't the one that we went to go see *Weathering with You* at. It was something else. But we had went and seen something, and my buddies got beer and churros and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I thought yeah. that was a really nifty experience because I, hell, I didn't know that there were theaters like that. So being able to go and experience that is cool.
0: Mm-hmm. There is a, a theater in the city round by me that sells like hot dogs and stuff. But again, it's still like fast food. And in my mind, I think it should be more, more luxury, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: Not, yeah, not necessarily like... Lobster gourmet. and
1: shit like that. Yeah.
0: yeah, not a full meal. But like, yeah, maybe even having like China cups that the coffee is given to you in. Like you have it in a mug as opposed to... And then have like proper little tables and and space out the seats more so you can group up in pockets as opposed to being mixed in with everyone. Like that's how maybe even have like seats that cost more than other seats, you know, so nobody's fighting over the middle row, you know, halfway up the aisle, you know, you could have it be like actually separate it out more.
1: Well, a lot of our theaters or at least the ones around us have changed up their interiors and remodeled to where they have like electronic reclining seats. But since they've introduced those, and also with the introduction of being able to buy tickets online, you have to actually select where you're going to sit. Yeah. So that—
0: I think that's a good move. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely, because it gets rid of all the fighting. Like, nobody can be pissed about where they're sitting. Like, if you don't like where you're sitting, then go to a different showing. So it's definitely helped a lot with that, and it's a vast improvement because the seating is now a lot better. And back to the theater that I was talking about before, like, they've leveled out the ground to where it's not, like, super high-tier seating. Mm -hmm. So it's much more comfortable for everybody to sit and look to where you're not, like, craning your neck, even if you're in the front row. Yeah. But it's it's definitely an overall better experience like I will totally drive the 30 or 45 minutes to get to that theater versus going to the one here in town just because yeah
0: yeah and I I, I 100% think that's where it should go obviously that does isolate things like those massive cinema companies because their biggest seller is that they've got the movie first so it doesn't matter to them your viewing experience really they're just trying to get people in the theatre on opening night as they have an exclusive showing but I feel like that shouldn't be that isn't going to have like you can't have that be the priority anymore you can't have that be the the selling point that we have it first that we have it on opening night we have enough seats we have seven like theatres playing the same movie so everyone can get in you know that can't be the priority for them anymore I feel like you could even have cinemas that show movies that aren't newly released you know have them be like oh we're gonna show specialty movies or yeah like like for you the you're one that's showing anime movies I feel like that's where they need to go they really need to specialize and even become like a anime movie theater that only shows anime movies or be like um, a retro movie theater where they show or like indie movie theater where they go to like Toronto Film Festival and show all the short films and stuff like that that's where I feel like they ought to go and really hone in on the movie people as opposed to trying to appeal to the mass people because i feel like you could if you elevate the experience you isolate your audience to specifically who you want and you then have the ability to then raise your prices to then justify cuz you could justify it with the the backing of the fact that you have All of the specific things that your audience wants to give them an exclusive experience and have it be so much more of an experience as opposed to just like a weekly thing to do, you know, because people don't go to the theater weekly. So why should you go to the cinema weekly, you know?
1: Well, I think, too, a lot of that would also be on the film production companies as well and not make the rights to those films so expensive for theaters Mm -hmm. to show. Because that's mm-hmm. the reason why ticket prices to go see films has went up a lot, and that's also why they have to raise the prices on concessions to the point where they are now. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so damn expensive to show things, like mm-hmm. Avengers and all that. It was expensive for them to get the rights to go to even be able to show the shit, so therefore it's just costing the theaters a shit ton of money, which will in turn... Cost people a shit ton of money to go see it, yeah, and it's truly become a situation of quantity over you know quality,
0: yeah. But it, it that also doesn't help in the fact that the movie industry is losing so much money in sales because they're not getting DVD sales anymore, mm-hmm. and um, so they're they're having to really rely on box office sales to make back the money that they've invested in the in the movie initially because they're not they can't rely on those afterthought sales of, of the D V D release.
1: And that would be a th- that would be a thought too. Like make the D V D experience more, I guess, personalized again. Like add all the like behind the scenes shit again and whatnot. Because yeah. that was that was some of my favorite part. About like five yeah. DVDs was getting that shit. And also, I'm really excited because I've pre ordered Your Name and Weathering with You in the steelbook cases because mm-hmm. those designs are just absolutely stunning. Do more special edition type shit. Like, I know it's a little yeah. bit more expensive for the packaging. I know the steelbooks have to be a little bit more expensive, but with those exclusive designs, I just shelled out 30 bucks a piece for those on what would cost me. 10 bucks to get it digitally but I'm willing to pay that just because it's nice and exclusive and looks cool as shit
0: mm-hmm. or like um, I know a lot of like records and CD sales they also do that as well like when you buy the the album you also get a digital code to then be able to have a digital download so you can buy this, the DVD and then have a digital copy of it as well which I think is really smart also I really like the idea of having the exclusive content I remember my ha- copy of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets actually had a dvd game on it where you have to you're in like the car uh, the the gringotts car and you're traveling through the tunnels and going through the world of harry potter and then going even through the chamber of secrets and everything and you have to press the buttons on the remote of your control oh the my like god arrow buttons.
1: i remember <laughs> that you have brought yeah. back a memory of mine because yeah. of that i had completely forgotten
0: I used to play that all the time, and it was, like, the only reason why I watched the Chamber of Secrets, because it was my least favourite film, was so that I could play the game.
1: And the Lion King DVD had, like, a fun little mini-game on it, too, of where you were going yeah. around and trying to avoid the hyenas and everything. Oh, I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about that. Oh, my God.
0: So, yeah, that's something that they could add back to, to give it more exclusive content.
1: Yeah, just do shit like that, because... Man, like, that was the good old days. I feel yeah. old saying that, but I don't give a shit. That was awesome. Right? I know. Uh, I know. Miss those days. But moving on to the next bit of news.
0: <laughs> Tangent.
1: <laughs> just, just a little bit of one. Yeah. But we always gotta rant and rave on something, whether it be the educational system, now that <laughs> we nearly new... got into
0: it this episode. Luckily we kind of just skimmed it. <laughs> yeah,
1: just just a little bit. But that wasn't more the educational system. That was just our hatred for certain shit. It's science.
0: Just, that's just us sucking at science. Yeah,
1: that that was just that. <laughs> Hands down. Maybe that was our problem with the educational system. We just fucking We're suck. We're just
0: dumb.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, Netflix will be debuting Aggretsuko Season 3 on August 27th. For those who are not familiar with Aggretsuko, think Little Fox, Real Adorable, Heavy Metal Screamo. Dude. <laughs> Things that you don't think would go together, and it's a massively hilarious time. I enjoy that show a lot. <laughs>
0: You just reminded me of something really stupid. Okay. Um, my cousin is colorblind. My brother's also colorblind. It's very prominent in our family. Um, and uh, he used to be a web designer. And also, as well as being a, a website designer, he was in a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh, you know, we need to promote our heavy metal band. Could you design a website for us? And he's like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. And so he goes through and he designs a site for them. And then they go and they take a look at it, and it's all pink. The whole site is pink. And they're like, Why did you make it pink? And he's like, What do you mean pink? It's grey. And he's like, No, no, the whole site's pink. And he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this skulls and tattoos and hard people, and <laughs> it's just all pink. <coughs>
1: that is amazing i hope they left it that way
0: i don't actually know i don't know what resulted from it
1: Uh, because that that's amazing like i think that would increase the band's popularity at that point like way to buck the trend guys yeah And that wraps up that news. However, I did have some research done between the last podcast and this one about popular names in Japan.
0: Oh, yeah. <clears throat> right,
2: yeah.
1: And, well, I'm not going to say I did it, because I'm lazy as shit. I did not do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had our friend Janessa do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Popular Japanese names for girls, you have I yoko hitomi and your name ow oh yeah
0: i didn't know that
1: Uh uh-huh yeah blue in japanese is ow yeah
0: Why? yeah yeah
1: so that's uh
0: that's that's why i've been
1: calling you that in your streams and you've paid absolutely no attention to that
0: yeah i don't i
1: uh... you don't pay me any mind anyway i get it it's (laughs) fine At this I'm point, so it, used
0: to your shenanigans, I'm just like, a, I, uh,
1: I've purposefully made it my point to try to derail your shit, and at this point, I'm just ignored.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of you, a couple of you in stream that I just don't even read your messages when you're in chat. I just see your name and I'm like, skip.
1: I, I've noticed. <laughs> I have noticed.
0: I do go back and check them. Only when like, I
1: call you on it. <laughs>
0: sometimes sometimes i read that i don't know it depends on even being a butthead
1: <laughs> i'm hurt <laughs> uh, and as far as boy names go you have Sosuke, hiro yuto and areta
0: interesting
1: which areta sounds really familiar from a show and i can't remember what it is
0: isn't it in food wars no the guy with Classes? Who's uh, Mar Mar-, Mar? Is it his first name, Marita?
1: I don't think
0: so. A research <laughs> society. Maybe I'm just making shit up.
1: Maybe. Maybe you've watched it more recently than I have.
0: <laughs> uh, we, uh, you expect me to retain information? It's yes. why I take notes. Because my brain is a literal sieve. Everything just falls right through it. That's, that didn't make any sense. Sieves catch stuff.
2: <laughs> uh, yes. uh,
0: my brain is a literal hole. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff falls right through it. Sips catch things. That's the point of them—is to filter. Um, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. I've seen the show through twice, and I have no idea.
0: I don't know either, mate. I don't rightly like know, Chuck.
1: Oh, oh! I have realised who it is—the main character from ReLife. Life. His name is Arata. That's what it was. I have figured it out. I'm big brain. Ah. Which I highly recommend we cover that at some point because real life is a phenomenal slice of life anime. I feel like that's all I've been watching outside of the shit that we cover is slice of life anime. I've just been on a slice of life binge.
0: I love slice of life. It's one of it's one of my favorite genres of anime because it's just I but then I mean how many times do I like say this? I love anime. I love content where it's just like a peak Into somebody else's life. What I'm realizing is I'm incredibly nosy.
1: (laughs) Blue is nosy. Confirmed.
0: Yeah. So, cause like, yeah, some of my favorite books and movies and like content of all time are just things where it's just normal people living everyday lives. And I'm like, this is entertaining. Why is that entertaining? It shouldn't be. I don't. But I would- I, I would know. gladly watch, like, people just having a conversation. I do all the time. It's a podcast.
1: Wait, I just remembered the <laughs> other Arata that you and I both know.
0: Yeah? Chihaya. Oh, duh.
1: Yeah, big brain.
0: <laughs> There's somebody else. I'm, uh... I'm gonna Google it. I'm just gonna search Arata and see who comes up. Images. Do you have her? Oh, psychopaths. Never seen it. I have. Well, duh. Um, maybe it is just the one from Chiara that I'm thinking of. Oh my god, okay, wasn't expecting to see fanfiction pics. Uh, just gonna put my <laughs> phone down there.
1: <laughs> okay, look. <laughs> I, I realize how in the gutter the last episode got. <laughs> but no need to be pulling up fanfic pics while we're sitting here trying I to did. record. <laughs> I
2: just,
0: I just searched the name and clicked on Google Images, okay? oh uh, yeah, just sure. To see. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I believe every uh, word. <laughs>
2: hmm Yeah. That's... Oh.
1: <laughs> Blue's ruined for the rest of the podcast now.
0: It's not my fault you paused there, okay? <laughs>
1: nope, nope, that's... It's your fault for going there. Completely, totally, 100%.
0: Well, fine, I take responsibility.
1: Nope, oh, there you go. I'm so proud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Still, though. Those <laughs> mad jokes... <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I have been teased relentlessly because of this shit, however, I don't care. <laughs> it's your brain that went there, not mine.
0: <laughs> hey, I just filled in the blank, okay?
1: Yeah, because you couldn't wait for me to finish my statement.
0: Who pauses for dramatic effects after they say something so phallic?
1: Look, <laughs> it was not my intention to even pause there, okay? Your boy has to breathe. <laughs> It's what I do. Okay, I need to breathe to be able to live. It no, is. I I... It is a natural thing.
0: I don't think. I don't think breathing is. Uh, is necessary.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm so done with you, Parker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to get into it, mate. We've got so much to discuss.
1: I hope you guys brought snacks for this podcast because by the time we're done, I'm gonna need snacks.
0: Yeah, that is one thing about Shokugeki no Sama Food Wars. You will be so hungry watching this show every single episode.
1: Yes. Like, the food that they cook, all of it looks amazing. Fine Bros did two Try Not to Eat challenges where they recreated the food from the shows. I don't know if you've seen it. I have. Oh, all the stuff recreated looks so good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I am big. I am big jelly.
0: It's very so much of the food in this show is meat based, and I've been vegetarian for the past three years. And oh my god, does it make me question my life choices? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I know Japan is already making you question your life choices enough as it is. I know. So I am. I am big. Sorry for this show. I am-
0: I'm so committed to being vegetarian at this point. Like, years of my life have gone into this lifestyle. And I watch this show and I'm like, screw it!
1: So, if if one of the characters of the show, like, should we, you know, live in a reality to where these things are possible, and they presented you with one of those dishes, would you break your vegetarian vow for this?
0: It would entirely depend on where the meat came from. If it was from, like, Yuki, who breeds her own chickens and stuff, like, in the dormitory out back, then yeah. Because, like, I know that those lived a good life. I know that they were taken care of. I know that they were, like, appreciated for their sacrifice. But if it was, like, (laughs) Soma when he goes and gets some bargain meat from the store and then turns it into, like, some fabulous gourmet meal... (laughs) Probably not, because I'm not such a fan of mass farming, but, um,
1: But yeah. I feel like that would be the one that would be the most appetizing to try.
0: But that's the one that I have the biggest <laughs> issue with.
1: <laughs> it's, like, it's like, how could you take something that's the cheapest possible thing and then turn it into, like, one of the best things ever? Okay, so since we're on the point of it now, I'll go ahead and talk about it. So, my favorite dish from the show was the Chaplin steak bowl that he made.
2: Oh yeah!
1: Like that is the one that if I could try anything out of the show, that's the one that looks the most enticing to me.
0: For me, it is the um seven vegetable like square thing from Megami. Yeah, yeah, Megami was um the in the Mm Shokugeki. I want I want to try hers, and I want to try his I'll try both of those because they look very odd I have never seen anything like that before and the fact that they're savory confuses me I I'm genuinely confused and I want to taste it
1: yeah and it's one of those things to where like I said whenever I was talking about the Fine Bros video how in the show they talked about it tasted like a mother's cooking or like a mother's love Mm -hmm. and then in the Fine Bros video they said the same thing like they tried it and they were just talking about how that's what it tasted like. I was like, yeah. "How? It's vegetables." Like, I don't, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I'm very, I'm, yeah. Uh, I also wouldn't mind trying some of the really unusual things that happen later on in like the the fourth season specifically. Um, mm. there's a lot of very unorthodox uh, in the late third season as well. There's a lot of very unorthodox ingredients that are used. And, uh, oh, I want to try um, the curry as well. <laughs> like, I want to smell that. Um.
1: Oh, yeah, because Haima's curry cooking is or yeah. just the way he spices things. I want that. As somebody who yeah. loves to spice food, I need that in my life
0: yeah but anyway we have jumped over a huge segment i haven't even done the overview of this show yet so i you haven't even have no talked idea, about the
1: background
0: <laughs> right yeah if you have no idea about Shokugeki no summer if you're just listening to this because it's the next episode of our podcast release um you're probably thoroughly confused i mean food Wars is kind of a self explanatory title but um it is literally that it is a culinary school high school although it does have a junior it is a what do they call it uh El- uh, elevator school? An elevator school. Escalator school. Escalator elevator. One of them. Oh. <coughs> um, where they have a junior high and then they have a high school. And it uh, it's based around the high school. And it's a culinary school where it's the top culinary school in Japan. All the people that are uh, all the kids that are associated with the highest levels of, like, industry professionals, their kids all go to this school. So it's it's elites going to this school. And it is specifically about Yuki Hirasoma, who is a diner brat, going to this school and fighting his way in amongst the battles of food, which is called a shokugeki. It's a one-on-one, usually, battle with three judges, a panel of three judges, to figure out who's dish is best, and it's a fight, and the whole school is ran by this group of elite ten, which are these top, the top students, top ten students that have fought their way through all of these Shokugeki fights, and from these elite 10 they have they they are like the the board of directors i guess of most like other schools or companies or whatever and they decide everything and and yeah so it's about like it's such an elite school that like the the percentage of people that graduate is like what do they say like one percent of students that come here in their first year actually graduate from the school or something like it's very very difficult to graduate people get expelled all the time so yeah that is kind of like the The background of it, the very basic information, is just Yukihira trying to battle. And he is quite cocky, is our Yukihira. So battling his way through all of these Shokugekis and trying to survive high school.
1: And it's so weird to have a main character be thrown into so many situations and be as cocky as they are, but it works.
0: Yeah, he is mad cocky. And, but he's still so lovable. I know I I reference it a lot, but I think it it genuinely reminds me of Food Wars. Of Food Wars, of course it does. Um, Prince of Tennis. Jeez, my brain. Uh, Because the main character of Prince of Tennis is also this kind of really cocky, better than... Everyone in his own, like, mindset with a really good chef for a dad. Like, actually, there's a lot of comparisons. A really good chef for a dad, a really good tennis player for a dad in Prince of Tennis. There's a lot of comparisons. I really want you to watch some Prince of Tennis now, because I feel like there's so many comparisons now that I'm thinking about it between the two. But then I've always said that Food Wars is basically a sports anime, but instead of sport, it's food.
1: Essentially... Yeah. But here's the thing, I've enjoyed this more than any sports anime that I've watched so far.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It is done really well.
1: And there's oh, so much humor throughout well. the
0: show. It's like even in the parts where like you're like really sad stuff is happening, it's always done with like something on the screen that is just hilarious like when you think mm-hmm. about it. And so there's never a moment in it where you're really sad or really, like... I mean, you're very desperate for them to win and to do well. But, like, there's never a moment where it's, like, where you're... Where it's completely... There's there's nothing... Nowhere for your characters to go. there's It's... You're just sad and in the depths of your sorrow and crying because it sucks. There's no moment like that. It's because even when it feels like that, somebody's in their underwear... <laughs>
1: Yeah, or Soma's gonna say or do something stupid.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of fan service in this show, but it's done in a way to where it's very funny and it doesn't affect the plot line. So it's not like, um, oh, I wanted these two characters to be together, so you have to bake them together. So I'm going to change the whole storyline so that they can go together to please everyone. Or it's not like, I don't know. It is completely like we're showing bodies of people because we want to show the bodies of people. But it's also like we're going to show the bodies of everybody. uh, And we're going to try and equate it to this magical superpower that people have that are related to food and bursting clothes. Like that's a whole situation but
1: (laughs) are are we just gonna completely skate over the hentai in the first episode are we just gonna skate over that because i think that's just plot for plot
0: there is plot for plot but the the it but the it's still funny it's not like done to get someone off like
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're right it's done for humor it's jokes but yeah (laughs) As somebody who has seen that episode four times now, because I've I've, I've introduced it to (laughs) two different part-timers, and I watched the English dub of the first season, and if you're gonna watch this, do not watch the dub. The jokes do not sit well for the dub compared to the actual sub version of the show
0: i i didn't even know that was a dubbed version if i'm
2: gonna be honest
1: it's on hulu i don't recommend it stay as far away from it as possible Okay, but um because i watched it for science and science has failed me <laughs> but uh that first episode it doesn't sit right with me anymore i think the first time i watched it i probably lost my shit from laughing because I watched, I started Food Wars right before the second season started, which was a great time for me to come into the show. But, so, I binged it all, I probably thought it was hilarious, but watching it back through, showing it to my part timer sitting at work, having it pulled up on the iPad, like, volume <laughs> turned all the way up, that oh. squid, I was just like, oh my there god! Is
0: quite, there are a couple moments where there are tentacles going in, in, in the direction of... <laughs> private places but hentai. <laughs> yeah it is i mean it's not actual hentai no but no it's like, not um, i i still think it's funny like i don't know I, I i don't i don't think that the first season is the best season
1: i think it's the weakest out of all four seasons like it definitely sits at the bottom but that's mm-hmm. also because the show progressively got better It's, like, we've we've talked about this whenever we've talked about, like, My Hero Academia and other long-running shows. Like, typically, and this happens a lot with live-action shows or whatever you want to call them, how they progressively get worse as they go on most of the time. Game of Thrones, for instance. But Food Wars drastically step their game up with everything to where especially going into season three you chomped at the bit for the next episodes to come out and season four the way they ended all of those episodes i was pissed having to wait a week for the next episode Mhm.
0: yeah yeah i 100 percent agree i think that Season three is probably my favorite. I know you said that yours is season four.
1: Yeah, it was definitely season four just because I was constantly on the edge of my seat. Mm -hmm. And sitting back, I also think that's whenever the cooking was at its best. Mm -hmm. But season three, it's such a close run for my favorite. Because everything that happens in three with the plot twists and everything.
0: I think we should go ahead and, uh, oh, well, if you want to talk about the background, then we'll go ahead and throw out the spoiler warning and then we'll get into properly why we chose season four and season three as our favorite seasons before we then go through each season individually
1: okay so food wars was initially a manga it began its initial serial serialization it's a shonen so that makes a lot of sense as to why it's done the way it's done and it actually Uh, ran in the weekly shonen jump that doesn't surprise me it began in November of 2012 and just finally ended in August of last year. It actually officially ended with its English print earlier this year. Mm -hmm. So all of it is available on Viz. If you don't want to go out and buy all 36 volumes of the manga, you can read it for, I think it's like $2 a week is what I'm paying for Viz. It's all on there, all, what was it, 315 chapters? Yeah. It's all available on there. I actually think there. that
0: I, I want to add this one to my collection. I think I want to get the full manga and have it in my collection, because i really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, I definitely will. I think the Barnes and Nobles in Chattanooga has all the volumes. I really want to go and clear it out, but that's $10 a book.
0: Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to wait and see if I can find it secondhand
2: somewhere.
1: See, I just I just want to buy it all new. That's what I did with Dr. Stone. I'm surprised I got it at the deal that I got it. Mm-hmm. 11 volumes yeah. for 70 bucks. <clears throat> Honestly, what I thought about doing with Food War, since I intend on reading it digitally, is I found a deal on eBay to where I could have got all 36 volumes in the original Japanese print for like 200 bucks. Oh. I'm really tempted to buy that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's its run on the... That's its run on the manga. The show initially started in April of 2015 and is still running to this day. Season 5 is the last season of the show. The studio that made it was JC Staff. Some of the stuff that they are known for, they didn't do any like really popular series until 2008 with Toradora. Or at least that was the first one going through that I recognized. And then they did... The Pet Girl of Sakura so, which is hilarious. I highly recommend watching it if you want a funny slice of life. Is it a rom-com? I don't remember. It's been a minute since I've watched it. But this is also, and you'll know this one, this is also the studio that did Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon.
0: Ah, okay.
1: I'm so excited yeah. for season three.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: But outside of that, another recent big title that they did was Angels of Death. Okay. Date Live season three. One Punch Man Season 2.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And this is the one that I found most odd out of everything that they've done. They did the film for Konosuba.
2: Oh,
0: okay.
1: I was thrown off. By that one. I don't know why, because they didn't do either of Seasons 1 or 2. And I don't know if they're going to be doing Season 3. I don't know if Season 3 is in the works. It needs to be, because I have so many questions that I need answers for. hmm But I just found that odd. Like, why would they outsource the film? Yeah. Now, granted, they stuck with the art style. They stuck with the humor. Actually, I think the film was funnier than the show. Like, I laughed more consistently through the film. hmm But... Yeah, I don't know. And it was directed by Yoshitomo Yonatani, maybe? Mm -hmm. I think that's right. But uh, he didn't have any major works to his name that I could pull up. He's directed, I think, six or seven other titles. Mm -hmm. And for anybody that's interested in reading the manga or trying to get uh, caught up to current day the end of season four goes through chapter 265 in the manga. So anything past 265 is all new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all the background info.
2: Cool.
0: So because of uh, how much I want to just get into this, I'm going to check out that spoiler warning. So yeah, if you have not seen seasons one through four of Shokugeki no Summer or Food Wars, we are going to try and go through season by season by season. So I don't want to really spoil anything from the later seasons yet. So if you've only seen the first season, we're going to try and... Like not spoil the second, third or fourth season and only talk about the first one and then move on to each season individually but just to let you know some spoilers may slip through the cracks so I'm going to put up a blanket spoiler warning for anything that happened in uh, Shokugeki no Sama for all of the first four seasons we will not go into the the first three episodes that have been released of the fifth season so if you haven't caught up with the latest season don't worry we won't be spoiling that but yeah the first four seasons are what we're going to be talking about now so spoiler warning for all of them even though we are going to try and segment them down
1: okay i got this okay season one plot season two false elections season three trains season four team shokugeki yeah i've literally covered everything
0: podcast ended okay so (laughs) thank you guys
1: (laughs) no 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 no. you don't steal my outro i steal your intro you leave my outro alone
0: (laughs) uh well you know I'll let you think that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I will just say, my favourite season, I think, was the third season. Uh, I know was the third season. And I think that the reason why the third season for me tops the fourth season is because I th- think that I-, I prefer more outside of Shokugeki stuff, and season four is a lot of just Shokugeki after Shokugeki after Shokugeki after Shokugeki, after Shokugeki which... There are breaks, obviously, where they do, like, flashbacks and, like, stuff like that. But, like, for me, the third season had a lot more character development to set up for season four.
1: I can agree with that. And I think... Now, here's... This is one of those shows that all of the seasons, at least through season four, take place in the span of a year. Yes. With, like, no major cuts. Like, there's no, like, major time jumps. Now, it's not like re-zero to where it takes place in the span of what did we come to the conclusion of like three weeks
0: yeah something like that so
1: it's not three seasons that take place in the or two seasons that take place in the span of three weeks although it looks like season two is going to be taking the same route Mm -hmm. but first four seasons take place in the span of a year there's no but it doesn't drag either no now watching it week to week drug especially season four and I think that's why season four is my favorite because there was no I watched seasons two three and four week to week from the time they came out yeah and season four was truly the point to where I could not wait for the next episodes like they could not get to me quick enough I was like come to me
0: yeah yeah no I do think the the last that season three and season four definitely have a lot more of a grab immersion feel to them Mm -hmm. whereas uh season two does towards the end i definitely think that i mean season one i still hold in high regard because of the fact that it is the foundation for which everything else was built off of Mm -hmm. um but yeah i hundred percent think that it just gets better and better and better with every season. I do think that season four is still really, really good. I don't think that it's got worse from season three to season four. I just think that the content that happened with it, because this is another thing about the show is that the first season is, what, 24 episodes? The second season is 12. The third season is 24 again. And the fourth season is 12. Mm-hmm. So the first and the third season are twice the length. Of the third and the of the second and the fourth season, um and so for me like the the fourth season obviously couldn't have as much in it because it's half the amount of episodes, and so I think that that also does have a a factor to play. The fourth season is so specific over what it covers that it's just like more of an event in my mind because the the fourth season is over about three days
1: mm, and I will say like the only thing that I watch back for this episode of the podcast was season four yeah because i wanted to be able to relive that all in one sitting Because it deserves it. Like, for anybody that's going to go check out Food Wars because of this podcast, I envy you for the point of being able to just binge all the way through it. Yeah. Because season four sucked to have to wait episode to episode. I've said that a lot, but it's because I truly mean it. There's so much stuff jam-packed into those 12 episodes that, as you watch it, you'll see why, like, it's just nail-biting for all the episodes. Because Mm -hmm. this show is very similar to others in that it spares no expense of getting rid of characters, and that's definitely apparent through the latter episodes. Now, granted, happy endings and all that other shenanigans and nonsense, but it it doesn't pull punches, just like it doesn't pull punches to Han Soma his first loss in the show either.
0: I I wonder about that, about getting rid of characters, because I don't feel that it necessarily does get rid of characters. It does put characters into the back seat, but I don't
1: Well, it doesn't kill them off or anything. Yeah,
0: like you, they don't they don't ever like never return again.
1: Yeah, but that's why I said happy endings and all that other malarkey.
0: Yeah. I I feel like people kind of it's a, it's a happy ending kind of show.
1: Cuz it's a shonen, but it's not a shonen.
0: Yeah. Although so, okay. the food
1: battles are or the shokugeki's are worthy of being shonen's. Like don't <laughs> don't get that twisted.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So let's jump into season 1. So, season one, like I said before, is is 24 episodes. Um, and And we start off... Yeah, a lot of plot. So we start off with Yukihira um, at home, in his diner, a bunch of loan sharks show up, they try and get his store, and his dad's dad's like, away. And yeah, so the, in Yukihira's diner. And so he then ends up getting rid of the loan sharks, gets sent to cooking school, and that's like the first episode. Second episode um, is Erina judging his fried rice, um, and that actually, that's Of that appears so much more that you don't think that episode two is going to be that impactful, but it's really important to the rest of the show. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Which I thought I like callbacks like that. That was a good callback. Yeah. Episode three, the chef never smiles. uh, Opening ceremony speech, where it's again callback from that. We meet uh, Megami, and uh, then there's like the the salty sabotage with the honey rescue, which you tried. Is that the one that you tried? The one with honey?
1: Yes. And it actually worked out extremely well. It turned into like I used it in a pork roast recipe
2: Yeah,
1: and it turned out beautifully. Like I didn't follow it to a T because I got to do my own thing and put it into a way that's going to actually make it work.
0: Well, they never actually give you any... Any amounts. Like, they don't say two ounces of this, a tablespoon of this, throughout the entire show. So they just say, these are the ingredients. If you mix them together, this is what you get. But they don't give you a full recipe.
1: Mm, Which I even strayed from what they showed. But Mm -hmm. I will fully attest to honey with meat. And it really doesn't matter what kind, because I've tried it with beef and I've tried it with pork and it's worked with both. Mm -hmm. So don't ever be afraid to take things from the show and, like, put it into... Duh, 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 duh. action with it. yeah yeah like don't be afraid to just go at it because it has given me my most tender roast recipe to date
0: yeah so from there then you go to soma cooking to get into the dormitory you find out more about polar star um and you get introduced to all of the dorm mates then you end up with Ishiki and the seven seats explained, like learning about the the 10 seats of the elite 10. Uh, Shokugeki is also explained. And then there's also the unofficial cook-off between Soma and Ishiki, which results in a draw. And then there's, oh yeah, there's Mito Ikimi challenging for the Don Research Club for Shokugeki for Erina to take over. Then Mito versus Soma with Soma winning his first Shokugeki. Then we end up with Camp And Inui-senpai, the Aldini brother introduction, brother's introduction, and Wild Duck, this whole situation happening, then going to Crispy Teacack tea cack tea snack crispy tea snack fried fish and there being no winner between Aldini and Soma and then we first get introduced to Jojima senpai which actually happened really early on in the series episode 10 is when he gets introduced in the in the first season and he's such an integral character later on but you don't I mean you know that he's going to be someone important but like you don't I don't know. I didn't. Well, I he's, don't
1: know. He's such an odd character because he's so integral, yet he he's in it so little.
0: Yeah, but he's doing everything mm. behind the scenes.
1: Mm-hmm. He's like he's just as integral as Soma's dad, and yet we never really see either of them.
0: I know, or the the um uh Erina's grandfather, like the the original, like he's barely in it.
1: Now, granted, his makes a little bit more sense because of his position on everything. The
2: director, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I don't, uh, there's so many characters that I want like more information on uh, and yet we're never so, going to get it.
0: I know. I want information on, on their just behind the scenes. I just want like an OVA on how they, like, I want an OVA on them watching everything happening from their like cafe or wherever they are and, um, and just like all the phone or like y- y- Skyping each other just like watching their kids with spy cameras (laughs) like having this battle of shogageki that their entire life is set on and these guys are just sipping coffee in the background being like okay well now this person's won this then we're gonna move all the and just playing chess with their own kids because basically that's what's happening
1: honestly though i could see joichiro doing that to soma like having somebody tail him and like keep a constant live stream on him
0: yeah, honestly, and then just laughing at him from a distance, because that's the kind of dad he is.
1: Especially every time he lost a Shokugeki. His <laughs> dad's <Like,
0: laughs> just like, ha ha ha, you suck, and it's-
1: Oh, it's so good, and yet- It's so good. It's also hilarious, because Soma's lost to his dad in Shokugeki's, I think at present, we're like at- 493 times to zero wins. Yeah, it's over
0: 490. I I don't actually know the official number, but it's over 490. I think it's
1: like 493. I can't remember exactly, but I think that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It makes me laugh anyway. But from there, Megumi ends up facing Shinomiya, uh, because she fails his his test due to poor Cauliflower. And then Soma challenges him to a Shokugeki, and then Yukihira ends up being, Soma ends up being best sous chef. That was really cool to see him. I, uh, I really want to see him and his dad cook together, and just, like, I want to see him be peak... Dad assistant, because we never get to see that. And I know that Yukihira is trying to surpass his dad, but like I want before that happens to see them because you never get to see them cooking in Yukihiro Diner, like at their peak together. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that. Um, but anyway, I'm getting away from myself. Then there's the judging concluding, uh, Megami losing, and them scraping by with an unofficial win. Um, and, and she's allowed to stay. They're allowed to stay. They, they weren't expelled. Um, and then breakfast being served to the masses. And that's an entire episode. And then Soma gets in trouble with his souffle. 200 servings end up being completed. He survives fine. Yukihiro's dad visits. And this is when they find out that his dad was actually the second seat of the Elite Ten when he was in school. And Yukihiro didn't even know that he was part of the Elite alumni and then there's soma versus dad dad wins soma needs to revive his home shopping district soma kicks weirdo ladies but harem question mark uh and, <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah the, the a mystery guy i don't know i i put mystery guy but who is mystery guy i have no idea spicy sniff dude is introduced <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have, I have never heard such a more fitting name for Hayama <laughs> in my yeah. life. Spicy yeah. sniff, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hayama. I didn't write his name down in my notes at this point. I just put Spicy Sniff, dude. So we're
1: gonna. Go oh my god.
0: <laughs> and the autumn elections begin. Uh, this is where we have a cu- curry cooking challenge. Curry cooking. And the judging starting, the smelly curry versus the healing curry. Uh, group A winners, we end up with Nakari, uh, Nakari Alice, Hisako, Albini, and Megami also gets through. Then in group B, we end up with um, three Polar Star members in the top five, uh, top four progressing, and it ends up being um, Hayama. Yukihira, Rio, and uh, Maori Zenji. And that is season one. So, questions on season one. Favorite Shokugeki?
1: Soma and Meat Meat, but also Soma and uh, Megamine against the teacher.
0: Yes. I agree. I really liked Shinomiya versus Megumi and Soma. But yeah, I also really liked the, the Dawn Battle, the Battle of the Dawn Research Club, where we end up with uh, the introduction of a very scantily clad character, who's probably one of the most modest characters in personality.
1: Yeah, like she's so... <laughs> you, you know what she is? What? She's a tsundere. Yep. Like just that's the most fitting character out of the show to fit that title. Because she's like, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. Oh, he he called he called me by my first name. Yeah. Like it's uh and she's I don't yeah, know. Then, she's like, one of my favorite characters out of the whole show though.
0: Yeah, okay. Who Is your favorite dynamic? Because I think my favorite dynamic, or one that makes me laugh every time, is Erena and Hisako, like, when they're, like, trying to be friends.
1: Oh, like, (laughs) that's definitely one of my favorite dynamics, just because it has, like, such awkward GL moments.
0: Yeah. Like honestly, I and kind it's of And It is not meant them. to
1: be that way. Like I, I know. know it's not meant to be that way, but it comes across as GL moments and they're absolutely hilarious and adorable. Uh,
2: yeah. But yeah, honestly,
1: I think my favorite dynamic is Soma and Erina.
0: Soma and Erina have a very They have a very It starts off kind of siblingy, but I see I you can definitely see where they're going with it. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think they have a really good dynamic. I also really like um, Ishiki-senpai and his relationship with just everyone in Pilot star dorm. Just, <laughs> just the fact of-
1: that he runs around naked. like Yeah, just
0: all of his kohai. And just like, whenever anyone first comes to the dorm and he's just in his apron, and they're just like... <laughs> What is... He is the seventh... He's, like, this powerful person. And when he's, like, not in the dorm, he is um, suave and, and business attire and a mastermind of everything. Like, he is so, like, looked up upon and, like, he's this wonderful human being and nobody would ever know. And then... You get him in Polar Star and he's just naked all the time.
1: And he's, he can be scary with his cooking too. Whenever he gets serious, like you're just like, oh shit. Especially because you know he's this like free spirit of a character. And then especially like the team Shokugeki, whenever he got super serious, I was like, oh fuck.
0: Well, that's the thing is that he rarely gets serious because his whole philosophy, his whole character is all about teaching his kohai, right? Mm -hmm. So the only reason why he ever got serious was because somebody was like, being mean to his kohai, and he was like, not on my senpai watch. Not happening. Uh, but like, that's his whole, his whole character is just basking in his youth. I know, he makes me laugh a lot. Favourite dish from season one?
1: The chaplain steak from the shokugeki between Soma and Meat Meat.
0: Yeah. So funnily enough, both of our, fa- our favourite dishes are from season one. hmm Even though, it, Yeah. Not our favorite season.
1: My second favorite dish is the caveman dish from the Team Shokugeki in season four. Yeah, because I I want to eat that <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> I want to try Anna's souffle with the red bean paste.
1: Mm-hmm. I could. I that could see that. she named after Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's. I just want to try everything. Like even though there's shit on here food. that I'm sure that I would never.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't like. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just like I would probably hate that, but at the yeah. same time I want to try it. And I even want to try the like black haired witchy girls' food. Like, all of yeah. her soup looks like it would be what a evil Apparently witch Apparently, it's would really concoct.
0: good though. Like, people really like it. She's a good chef. It yeah. just smells awful.
1: <laughs> it's like, I want to try it because it's like black, thick soup. <laughs>
2: cauldron <laughs> like, and
1: yet i want to try it like there's nothing in this show that i just I like, think would repulse me what i want to try the most though is cooking from the first seat
0: yeah yeah i do too
1: like i think that's what sits at the top of my list of wanting to try because apparently it's like so in tune with his ingredients it's just like i want to know what that kind of love and cooking tastes like
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I don't know
0: yeah i a hundred percent uh, agree. Who do you think is um, the best uh, character of season one?
1: I would probably say Megumin, because I think she has the most growth out of the first season.
0: Yeah, Megumi definitely has. Yeah, she has a lot of growth.
1: Like, she grows a lot as a chef throughout the show. But yeah. But I think the first season she definitely has the most.
0: Yeah. Her and Takumi Aldini, they have the most growth that isn't, like, your Soma or Erina.
1: Well, I think a lot of uh, Takumi's comes in season two after he gets beaten by the mimic character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where most of his comes in. Like, I think he grows more there. Agreed. But I, th- I love his and Soma's dynamic throughout the show too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, How I He's agree. just like
1: causing like, I'm gonna kick your ass. And so it was just like, ha, huh, you're funny.
0: I also love his uh, his relationship with his twin mm. because, like, he's trying to, like, have a moment and his twin just, like, yanks him off, like, no, we're not <laughs> doing this right now. It just, like, <laughs> drags him away.
1: And I love that dynamic in characters in general. Like, that's always done in such a funny manner in anime. I wish we could get more of that in real comedies, I guess. Yeah. Because that dynamic Mm. is just wonderful.
0: Yeah, it it really is very funny. Um, Okay, so I think that wraps up our season one discussion. What would you rate season one out of ten?
1: Six and a half.
0: Okay, I am going to rate it seven.
1: I think it's just because I've seen it so many times and just the amount that it's overly sexualized in the first season. Yeah, Like, it's that's what drags it down for me, because it doesn't... I feel like season one was them just having a laugh. Yeah, they
0: were just it's, like, there's no way this is going to be successful, so we're just yeah. going to make it crazy. Even
1: yeah. though it's a shonen, but they were just like, ah, we're just going to do it all and just get it all out of the way. And it really makes me want to read the manga to see if it's that bad in the manga. Yeah. Because if it is, fine. Like, I'll accept it, and I'll give it a higher grade. We can revisit this at some point, and I'll change my grade if it's in the manga. But I feel like they just did it to do it and show it off. Although I will say like their body animation... And, like, the way their characters are drawn is top-notch. Like, the background is, ne- is not really a focal point in the show. Yeah. But the food and the people are, like, highly animated. So, props to them. Even on season one, because I think it came out in, like, 2015, something like that. hmm Like, mm-hmm. it's very well done.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say that I really, really enjoy about all four seasons of this is every time there's a break from a season, the characters come back and they've aged a little bit.
1: hmm And it's... Especially after the end of season four,
0: yeah, like that jump. Second years, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So they're technically they're going from fifteen to sixteen. So they're going from or sixteen to seventeen, something like that. Anyway, like they go from like little characters to like looking closer to adults. Yeah. And I remember whenever I first saw that, because you weren't watching season four week to week at the time like I was. And I remember messaging you after the end of episode twelve. I was like, Blue! Oh my god.
2: Yeah. Because <laughs>
1: yeah. I was I was so excited whenever I saw that. I was like, that's attention to detail that more shows should have.
0: Well they like, changed oh. yeah, they changed their look and, and uh, I really I really appreciate that. Even if it's just like like Aldini, he goes away to a training camp like everyone goes away to a training camp but you don't get to watch his experience at his training camp except in 30 second flashbacks when he's having a shokugeki later but in those flashbacks you see him with a different hairstyle because he's had short hair because he's cut it over the summer and then it's grown out again and by the time that they're back and like those things... I think they're, they're so good. Just, like, characters... One thing that I will say, though, is that Yuki's pigtails, they just disappear whenever she puts a helmet on. And it always makes me chuckle. Like, she puts a helmet on or a hat on or something, and her her space buns that she's got on the top of her head just fit perfectly underneath. And I'm just there with all of my amount of hair just being like, that's not happening. That's not <laughs> how that works. That is not... No, a helmet does not go on your head if you have space buns. Like, I'm sorry.
1: Or... Um uh Isumi, whatever he's been like working really hard, so he goes from like really big to a bean pole.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And the fact that he's like that all through season five, at least to this point, humors me to no end. It's like he's permanently perfected the state of being thin.
0: Yeah. oh uh, uh, yeah, it does it yeah, that they established that at the very end of season four I think that he was he was working at such a high level that he just like shrunk down
1: yeah like he just manages to stay thin although whenever it happens in the first season like whenever they come back from the station or, or however it's pronounced they're just like what happened to you and he's like yeah, and it's just like oh. oh it was
0: hot so i sweated it all out every <laughs> summer and then in the winter i'll put it back on again i'm like mood
1: and literally um, next episode it's back on and i was just like that's great
0: (laughs) it's very funny and the fact that you can't see his eyes
1: until he's like in that shrunk down i'm just like ah that's that's awesome like this show just has so many minute details to it that i just uh i i really love the show and i realize it sounds like i've I'd like to shit on the first season and it's only because it's so overly sexualized.
0: Yeah. And I I think, I mean, obviously they did that so that they could cause a reaction. That's what they wanted. So that they were a talking point so that then they could get funding for a second season. Uh, and I mean, they did a good job of it. Like, they they definitely captured my attention in 2015 when I watched the first season, you know? And mm. and yeah, okay, it doesn't necessarily hold up as well in comparison to the later seasons now. But I still think that if you didn't have that there for the first season, then these later seasons couldn't be established the way that they were. So I do have respect for the first season in the sense that it is the foundation for everything else. But yeah, it doesn't hold the test of time to even what the second season does.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely not. Now, I like how they've still kept it. Like, they still have the over-sexualization in later seasons, but it's actually used to prove the point, not plot, plot, plot plot
0: yeah and it is used to also relieve some tension because things get serious in the later seasons and just using that like nudity in that sense allows a comedic element to even the darkest scenes
1: mm, like especially whenever it happens to Aaron's grandfather and, yeah. like, how they explain that to him. Like, because whenever clothes explode for everybody else, it's just, like, it's an internal, like, Reaction. expression of how they're feeling. Yeah. And yet, whenever Eren, grandfather, does it, it actually happens. Like, the whole top half of his gi just explodes off. Yeah.
0: We need to talk about that later because, like, they have magical powers.
1: <laughs> this is... Fantasy slice of life.
2: (laughs) Like, just
1: because of the magical clothes exploding that we learn about in season four. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. It's hilarious, but it it's is, great. It is.
0: <laughs> but anyways, let's jump into season two, which I really enjoy how this, the seasons are. It's just Shoku Kimi Osama for the first one, but then it's the second plate, the third plate, and it ends up being like a course. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a small detail that they did with the titles that I enjoy. Uh, so we start off with Yuki Hirosoma versus, versus, not verse is alice who is erina's cousin and their topic is bentos autumn elections round one soma wins then you got megami versus Kurakiba ryo uh, for, with the subject of ramen and then you have Kurakiba ryo wins arato his uh, is that oh yeah arato hisako versus haima akiri hamburger Hayama wins Takemi Aldini. Versus Mimasaka Subaru. And he loses the Mezzaluna. And then Yukihiro versus Mimasaka for beef stew. Because Aldini loses. Yukihira ends up winning that fight. Then we end up with Kirikiba versus Haima. With a no winner, so it ends up being a three-way final. Fish judging slash aging happens, they all go to the fish market, fish tasting, Yukihira gains, ends up gaining, yeah, because everyone's still pissed at Yukihira, all the way up until episode 10, season 2, the entire school is still pissed at Yukihira because of what he said as his um transfer student speech. Everyone's still mad at him until right now. Um, where he ends up gaining some respect because they like uh he and but the yeah, the winner ends up being Hayama and uh Yukira ends up placing second along with Kurokipa. Then there is the stagier I don't know how you say it. Um uh, <laughs> never French was never my forte, okay? Uh is forte French? Did I just say French is never my forte and then forte is a French word?
1: Look, okay, I don't I don't question what comes out of your mouth anymore. <laughs> I just I just know.
0: <laughs> I question everything that comes out of my mouth. I just don't hear 90% of it. Um friendship. <laughs> friendship yeah so then it's fixing up the family restaurant the one with like the bullet train where everyone was coming off the bullet train and they're rushing to the restaurant and they were leaving they were rushing to the restaurant and they're leaving and Arato is feeling really sad because of the fact that she lost uh Hisoko, and uh, she doesn't feel like her and Erina could be friends but then they make up and uh yeah they're adorable Yukihira works hard at Shino uh Mia's new restaurant in Tokyo that he is just launching. And uh, then end of, the end of the season is Soma competing for a menu spot and he effectively kind of levels up. And that is season two in a very quick nutshell. Mm-hmm. So, questions. Favourite Shokugeki of season two?
1: I mean, I guess... It sits with Yukihira and Mm Mimasaka just because, I don't know, like they just had a way of building that to the point where it actually made you think that Soma had a chance of losing. Yeah. Even though we all know main character is not going to get expelled, like that's bullshit. Yeah. But still, like I said, they made it apparent from the beginning that they were never going to make or, like, they had no problem making Soma lose. Yeah. You're like, oh, maybe, but no. It, but it was good. What about you?
0: I agree in the sense that that is a pivotal turning point for Mimasaka, who then becomes more integral later on in the story. A couple of times, actually, he becomes quite important to Yukihira and his advancements. I also really like the fact that you get to see this being, like, the turning point for Aldini as well. And he then... That gives him also another reason to target Yukihira other than just them having the initial fight where they were uh, away at the training camp and they just, like, challenged each other and had a little tiny shokugeki for fun. This then gives them, like, a more serious grounds for their rivalry.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I think that that is very integral to the later parts of the story. But I also really like the Soma versus Alice Bento box one.
1: Yeah, yeah, that one was also good, Mm -hmm. but I don't...
0: (sighs) And then, of course, there's the three-way final, which was where you see Yukihira lose for the first time, other than against his dad. Mm -hmm. Which then, for the next two seasons, sets you up over, is (sighs) Yukihira gonna lose, because they've already made him lose once before, kind of feeling.
1: And it was like a big loss, too.
2: Yeah, it was. Like, to
1: this point, it was the biggest Shokugeki that they had had. Yeah and Soma visibly got his ass handed to him. Like, he was third place out of that three-way.
0: Although, yeah, not officially, but yes, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, And then you get to see his dad laughing at him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: that's also another thing is his dad had said when he had had uh, when his dad had came to visit he his dad had said don't lose to anyone but me and then the next big thing the next big competition that Yukihiro goes through he loses
1: although he did technically lose to redheaded step teacher yes because he and Megamine technically lost but Dojima was just like oh, I give him another chance
0: yeah yeah but was that before or after yeah that was season one came my notes are separated because i've reviewed another anime in between and so i have to go back for a season one all the way uh, back pages did,
1: did you just take a break and start watching my little monster in the midst of all of this
0: no
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. um
1: just the way yeah. you answered that, just no, no,
0: yeah. Um. So yeah, Yukihiro had lost. Pre- yeah. So this is the next fight after his dad came. So his dad comes, then he starts in the autumn elections, and this is the first loss that he experiences after his dad tells him, "Don't lose."
1: Yeah, but his dad didn't know that he actually lost to the teacher. Like he never told his dad that. Yeah. So that's why I still count it.
0: <laughs> I can still count. That's true. Um. Okay. Favorite dish from season 2. Ugh.
1: All of them from the three way? Yeah. Like they all just look so good. And also Soma's dish that he made against uh Mimasaka as well.
0: Yeah, the beef stew.
1: Mhm. Cuz I oh, I love miso beef stew, especially over rice. <laughs>
0: yeah. And um, the hamburger was really good as well. Mhm. Hisako and Hayama's take on hamburger.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh.
0: from that shokugeki, oh, everything the in ramen. the show i just want to eat the ramen Megui versus uh, ramen
1: oh yeah i almost forgot about the ramen but oh it's so ramen. good
2: yeah uh,
1: like how much of you and i like <laughs> just spoke about ramen honestly like, I, I think about a quarter of our texts to one another has been nothing but about just ramen. ramen yeah Like, pictures of ramen, talking about ramen. Like, our friendship is built off of ramen. Yeah. In fact, you and I will have to one day have a shokugeki over ramen.
0: Yeah, I mean, good luck trying to make a vegetarian ramen.
1: I mean...
0: Oh my god, my stomach just growled so loud. (laughs) This is why we need snacks. (laughs) Oh. Okay, uh, which character do you think had the most growth during season two? Best Aldini, character of season two.
1: Aldini had the most growth. Yeah. Um. Although, like, this is where you start to notice up start cracking a little bit towards Soma, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah. So I, I can appreciate that as well. Yeah. But there wasn't, outside of Aldini and just that little bit with Mima Sokka, there wasn't a lot of growth.
0: No, there this. isn't. Oh, Arata. Oh, Arata. Uh, uh, Hisako. When she went and, like, she was like, oh, I can't talk to Eonara anymore. And then she goes to Shinomiya's and, like, regains her- no, she doesn't go to Shinomiya, she goes to the family restaurant and, like, regains her respect, like, respect for herself and her own cooking and, like, learns about herself. Yeah, but I think she-
1: I think she has more growth in season three, though.
0: She does because I think that her and is very both, shadowed by Arya's growth in season yeah,
1: 3. But still, I think it's more I don't know. I feel like there's more in season 3 even though season 3 is entirely about Arya's growth. Yeah. Like season 3 is basically the Arya arc.
2: Yeah. Or at
1: least the first half. The second half not so much? No. It's more I think the second half of Season three is basically just death and destruction left in the wake of everything.
0: Yeah, and Hayama.
1: Yeah, definitely Hayama. but he's, I feel like his growth more or less came in, like, the last couple of episodes. Yeah. So even though he's he had, isolated. like, a metric shit ton of growth, it's it still, very like, quickly. It, yeah, so quick. It's like, oh, hey, you just got your ass handed to you, but you're better because of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was a humbling moment of growth for him
0: hmm so season three season three <laughs> <laughs> so season three is autumn festival which the moon festival yeah the moon festival um and then this is where we're establishing the chinese food rivalry setup with kuga senpai and this is where we start to learn about more of the elite 10 and more of the members of the elite 10 because up until this point we've only really known ishiki senpai Arena and that's kind of it
1: yeah and this is also where you like learn how much power the elite 10 has as well
0: yeah because you're told that they run everything at the school but you don't realize that they actually run everything at the school
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you Um, find out real quickly why
0: (laughs) yes yeah so then it starts off with just them learning about spice balance Soma learning about uh, spice balance and setting up his booth challenging uh, Kuga-senpai and his booth not doing well but him getting ideas, getting the band to get uh, the gang back together um, and end up he ends up getting the sales that he needs and then Erina's father shows up, the Elite Ten turn traitor, Erina's backstory is revealed, the new. School system just sucks. Is, it runs away, camps at Polar Star. Shokugeki ends up being fixed. Like, you can't win a Shokugeki because um, the judges are fixed. Then the Polar Star dorm gets raided. Uh, and then Soma ends up facing uh, a member of the Elite, I- Elite Ten and winning, but not winning his seat, just winning the fact that the dorm isn't going to get knocked down and changing shokugeki back to normal so he fixes shokugeki's but then central who was the the rebel force uh were no longer rebel they're mainstream and now those guys are the rebel kicks out all of the rebel elite 10 members including Ishiki senpai and kuga senpai who you just met and then there is a, uh, yeah, Rio versus uh, Kusunoki's Shokugeki established. Ryo ends up winning. He's learned spice. <laughs> um. <laughs> And uh, then there's uh, Shokugeki first seat versus Soma for, uh, yeah, trying to get uh, Yukihiro to be his assistant. Him turning him down and then losing and then realising that he wasn't even slightly serious. And Central wanting to eradicate non-gourmet restaurants and him realising that Yukihiro's diner is on the line. But then he ends up losing anyway. Um, And Erina's dad ends up learning, Erina and her dad learn who Yukihiro's dad is, um, and soma's dad is and the fact that erina like knew him when she was young and that whole circumstance and then soma ends up feeding erina to cheer her up and then we have hokkaido exam trial beginning first exam they're passing the first and second exam making memories in hokkaido i thought that was really cute
1: such a nice little slice of life moment
0: yeah, there is a couple of nice little <laughs> slice life overs. Everyone ended up getting separated. Soma and Hayama. So- Soma versus Hayama being established. Hayama was basically... Forced, I guess his hand was pushed, um, into aligning with Central as opposed to the Rebel Force. Yukihira, their uh, their topic is bear meat, and they end up serving the bear meat, and then it's uh, Soma ends up winning, but it's very very close. And Harima ends up regaining his heart back and like his passion for cooking, um, and then she, the Team Shokugeki challenge is determined. Yukihiro Diner is on the line. His dad came, put the diner on the line, and the rest of his career as a chef. Silent cooking training, training. <laughs> I'm
1: out. <laughs> out of, oh, out of, out of all of the puns.
0: I, I even wrote it in my notes. I was so proud of it when I thought it.
1: <laughs> you know, because they're you, on a train,
0: you, and they're training, and...
1: <laughs> I, I can't. I can't with you anymore. I'm just... I, you gave me shit on the last one for the one that I came up with. <laughs> and, you know, I just... I'm done. <laughs> I am broken. <laughs> this is... This is the worst day of my life.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm glad that I could be of service.
1: I i am sure.
0: <laughs> hmm <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, then Erina ends up standing up to her dad, kind of. Uh, the terms are set, and you end up learning about uh, Joichiro's backstory. Team Shokugeki begins. Ishiki-senpai is pissed, and this is the first time you get to see him serious. And then he wins, and Yukihiro wins, and uh, Megishima also won and it was a sweeping victory and three wins to start off in the Team Shogugeki to determine the fate of Central versus the Rebel Force with Yuki Diner on the line, his dad's career on the line, the whole fate of the culinary existence of Japan on the line, plus Erina with her abusive father, her life on the line. You end up getting three wins to end season three
1: i like how they end it on such a happy note and then you go into season four and you're just like holy fuck
0: yeah i'm actually really like what do you think about the fact that they they started this on season three and then entered season four on the second round
1: so it frustrated me because i had to wait i think it was a year from the yeah. time season three ended to the time that season four started. Yeah. I was just like, you have got to be shitting me. hmm So it was, yeah, it sucked. But I, I feel like it would have been better had they ended it on like a losing streak instead.
0: Right, of a winning streak.
1: Yeah. I feel like it would have left more anticipation going into it. But it just made, it wouldn't have made season four as good had they did it a reverse way.
0: Yeah, I so like, if it I were me it, but if it were me, I would have ended after Joichiro reveals his backstory and puts Yukihira diner on the line. Those are actually a couple episodes apart. Like he puts the diner on the line and then it's two episodes later that you learn about his backstory. But I would have kind of shifted that around a little bit. I don't know if that then doesn't follow the manga, but I would have had him revealing his backstory around the same time of them revealing that he put Yukihiro Diner on the line and then ended the season there and then started the next season with the beginning of the Team Shokugeki, mm. if I was to clean it up. But I don't think that that would work, to be honest. I think that's just the way that in my mind, oh, that's a logical place for that to end. So that's where I'm going to end it, and then we can start. But I actually think that this probably works better, because it's so odd of a place to end it, and it makes you really, like, anticipate the next season. Whereas I think, for my in my mind, it makes it cleaner, but it because it makes it cleaner, it takes away some of your, like, need for the next episode. And obviously, the next episode was a year from now, you know?
1: So, did you and I become friends around whenever season four started? Yes. Okay, so I could only imagine what the conversations would have been had we been friends whenever season three ended, because we had to wait a year in between.
0: Yeah, because I remember Beca- talking to you about... um erina finding out about yukihira's dad Mm -hmm. and i remember talking to you and being like what (laughs) (laughs) why would they end the episode there like she just finds out and then that's it and then i have to wait like what
1: Mm -hmm. like i oh it was Mm -hmm. funny how our friendship was literally forged on this show
0: honestly it kind of was
1: and we're waiting till now to cover it.
0: I know, but it is a lot of episodes.
1: It's a lot of episodes, but let's let's not kid ourselves. We started prepping for this about a week and a half ago.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because it was a lie whenever I said I didn't watch anything leading up to this episode. I just skimmed through the episodes as quickly as humanly possible.
0: Yeah, my last... F- four days i've watched all four seasons yeah good four, on you four seasons in four days
1: <laughs> yeah good good on you because <laughs> i it's taken me two days to watch 18 episodes of toradora and i've been like absolutely enthralled with the show so good on you being able to finish four seasons in four days <laughs> i feel like such a disgrace to the anime community right now
0: no, I I am well you you know that binging is I am a successful binger. Yeah. I I am so good. This is probably not a thing to brag about considering the amount of people that die for OP and EDs like you do. But I am so good at skipping them <laughs> that I can get it directly to the title screen to where like the episode name comes up mm-hmm. right at the end of the uh, of the OP every single time. No, no. I sale. can
1: I can do the same thing. So but it's only, like, it all just depends on how I feel about the OP and ED. Mm-hmm. Like, Demon Slayer, I didn't skip an OP once. Because mm-hmm. Grinch is just perfect. But I think the only OP out of the show that I didn't skip was season fours.
0: Really? We're going to get into our favorite OP and ED later because I want to know yours. Um that i could probably gather from that
1: yeah like that was the only one eds i remember nothing about same. any of them
0: same uh eds did not make an impression on me but yeah we'll get into ops later so yeah okay favorite shokugeki of season three
1: soma and haima
0: Oh, yeah. Well, this is where you get to learn that um, the stripping, what is it that, I don't remember the name of the technique, um, the the clothes-shedding mm-hmm. magical thing isn't just part of the Nakari bloodline. Also, you gain it if you marry in, and that just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but also the fact that you find out that it's real. Like, it's not just an, like, imagination. Like, everybody just called it, like, a disrobing whenever Arina's grandfather did it. This is when you find out it's a legit thing. Like, clothes explode.
0: They explode. But the thing about it is, is if you marry into the family, you don't disrobe your clothes. You disrobe everyone around you if the food tastes good.
1: So, you know what this means, right?
0: Oh, no. (laughs)
1: because <laughs> we're we're gonna talk about it probably by the time we're done with season yeah. four well but it's quite I... clear where
0: they're heading with the direction of ships
1: yeah and, even and though he I... would
0: not that power is too much for him because
1: <laughs> could you imagine if he could figure out how to take that and use it for evil
0: but what if he did it with his worst dishes what would happen then
1: oh poor megamine and poor childhood friend that, like,
0: ugh. Oh my god, his dad would use it. You know that Jotaro would use it, and he would use it on, what's her face, um, Hayama's uh, guardian.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, there's, there's so much that could happen. Oh, I have no words. I have all the words, but I have no words.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I also really liked the Soma Hayama match, but I also really enjoyed seeing Ishiki, like, actually pissed off and cooking seriously for the first time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think my second favorite was probably the silent Shokugeki.
0: Oh, yeah, that was cool.
1: Yeah, that was awesome to sit and watch, because watching <laughs> Soma much Joichiro's interaction with one another was just perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have a really good dynamic. So, most growth during this season, I think it's pretty obvious
1: Arena, hisako and haima although i think hisako and Hayama's are about the same yeah and i don't even think Hayama's was necessarily growth i think he just
0: he was pressed like he was cornered
1: he was pressed but he like changed his attitude mm-hmm. as well like even though he was pressed like it was almost like he had actually turned himself yeah but then his guardian was just like Hey, cheer up, slap.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, well, it was just, I mean, clearly he felt incredibly indebted to her because of his backstory. So yeah, I feel like it was just like a lot of residual guilt of being taken in and given the opportunities that he was given and then trying to repay her and then everything that he's doing to try and repay her falling through and him not seeing what she truly appreciated. mm and then him feeling even more guilty because then, like, everything that she had worked for was destroyed. Mm. But obviously, Erina's backstory in this season, uh, her backstory is horrible. And then her growth from that is very clear.
1: Mm, because she, like, basically from season one starting, like, she was always cold and everything else. But you slowly got to see her warm up.
2: Yeah. Because
1: it's definitely a in of... Like, main character starts to grow on everybody and turn everybody around him good. Yeah. Like, I definitely would compare Soma to Goku in that regard. Like, it sounds weird, but it makes sense if you, like, compare the stories of the two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do really like the way that Erina does, like, start interacting with everyone especially in this season because you get to see her kind of confused as to how to interact with people because she's been so isolated previously that she just doesn't know how to like to talk to people her own age and then she's thoroughly confused when they're being nice to her and she doesn't understand um and i really like how they do that they didn't just like turn her nice and then not that she was ever mean i guess she was just like bitchy but they they did it in a way to where It wasn't just, like, a flick of a switch. Like, she did have real progression and it like even in the fourth season it's only in the end of the fourth season that you get to see her understanding who she is as a person and her interaction with other people and then even then at the very end of the fourth season you get to see her interacting with Hisako and still having issues with just how to interact with people her own age.
1: Yeah because you take somebody who's been like sheltered and just kept away from society and then
0: and talk to be harsh.
1: Yeah, and then you yeet her into the most, like, friendly bunch of people on the planet. Yeah. And she was like, that would be overwhelming. Like, you take somebody who's sheltered and introverted and then just yeet them into a dorm of the most, like, friendly brother-sister camaraderie out of the bunch. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and she also has this superiority complex as well because she's always been taught like she is the god's tongue, you know, she can discern the best food from anything and she only can taste the best food in the entire world and she comes from a long lineage of the best chefs and and the the director of the best culinary school in Japan and she tells Michelin star chefs what's wrong with their dishes because of her god's tongue. And then all of a sudden you get this diner brat come into her life that is cooking things that are completely not by the book whatsoever. Things that should not go together using like packaged snacks in his gourmet recipes rather than fresh ingredients and just acting like an idiot because he does. Um, And you can clearly see how that just like shook her entire understanding of the way that the world worked and flipped it on its head and and then the person who created that understanding for her and that world that she is the best and that food must be a certain way then all of a sudden comes back into her life who she's terrified of and she has to, and she no longer agrees with those ideals because of the friends that she's now surrounded by her, herself with and the people that she's now you know her world is now surrounded by all of a sudden that person comes back and is trying to drag her back into that world but she doesn't agree with those policies anymore but she's still caged in this fear of being a child that was stuck in a dark room and told to throw away a dish that wasn't good because it didn't follow the recipe
1: so can you imagine how different her dynamic would be with soma if joichiro (coughs) Wasn't Soma's dad. Yeah. Like that just popped in my head while you were going through all of that. I just got to thinking. I was like, I wonder if the ship would still be a thing if Joichiro wasn't Soma's dad.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, Soma wouldn't be the way that he is. But if he was, if he was the same person with the same skills, or like Joichiro didn't go and visit her when she was little. Mm-hmm. But her, yeah, I don't know. It would change everything.
1: Yeah. But now I'm just sitting here thinking could you imagine Dojima as Soma's dad? <laughs> I don't know why that humors me. Yeah, but it, it does.
0: It, it's, it's. I really like the way that Soma doesn't have like a superpower or such. Because like you've got Hayama who's got effectively God's nose. Then everyone else having their specialty. Erena having the God's tongue. And Soma just being a diner brat, and that being the only thing that's really consistent about him. And then you find out that kind of his his superpower of cooking is the fact that he's the biggest sore loser in the entire world and refuses to back down if he loses he will just challenge you to another fight until he wins
1: yeah but he's also the son of the greatest chef in the world yeah so i feel like that has a lot to do with it too
0: absolutely but, like, even his dad said that he didn't have any discernible talent when he was little. Mm-hmm. So that's all down to training and just the fact that he doesn't know when to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. And that was also, what you find all this out in season four, but that was also the main reason that Arena's dad is the way that he is. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want to see chefs go down the same path that Joichiro did. Yeah. Because it's like you have a chef who has won everything and makes in their eyes like what is perfection
2: yeah. and yet
1: they still keep moving forward yeah i need that sort of tenacity in my life
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: i know right <laughs> motivation for days
1: yeah i wish i had that drive my god
0: <laughs> no yeah the fact that soba doesn't get dejected every time he loses like that's insane
1: mm-hmm. but he's so accustomed
0: like- to losing it's just like no big deal for him.
1: Yeah, his dad has kicked his ass four hundred and ninety-two times. Yeah. And yet still just like gets pissy. Like doesn't ever get down and depressed, just gets pissy, but will immediately go back to work after that. Like this dude has fallen asleep in the kitchen working on recipes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh season four. Season four. Season four. Okie dokie. <laughs> We're starting off big with um, the second bout. What, did, what does that say? Oh, oh yeah. We learn about how uh, Megashima-senpai uh, became a rebel. Um, and then there's the Perfect Trace battle, which equals a loss. The Kyan-Pepper battle, which equals a loss for our rebels. And then Tsukasa versus Kuga... And Cougar loses. So it's now a five, v- uh, five versus five. We have three wins from the last season, three losses from the beginning of this season within the first three episodes, and we're now in a five v five. And then it's Soma versus Saito, butter being the um, integral ingredient, uh, Aldini versus uh, Aizen with beef, and uh, Momo versus Megami with apples. And then Megami training montage. Uh, Back on the the train, like a flashback. Apple taste, uh, apple tasting, that whole thing, and Megami losing two one. Uh, so she got two votes against her, but she got one vote for her. But then Aldini wins, so that's okay. Uh, and Yukihira wins, so now it is a three versus four in favor of the rebels. Um, and then we have the fourth bout beginning with Wild Rabbit, with Tsukasa and Ishiki Senpai. Then the Squid with Rindo and Aldini Brown Sugar with Momo and Erina. Erino, Erina wins, and then the judges change. And Erina's dad ends up becoming the judge along with the three other ladies who are from the world's food organization or whatever it is. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: Ishiki Senpai presents his dish and Aldini... Oh, Aldini loses. Then Ishiki Senpai presents his dish. Tsukasa ends up winning. Then it is decided that they are going to do the two-course meal for the final bout. And Tsukasa tries... Tsukasa... Oh, yeah. Then it goes through how Tsukasa was recruited by Erina's dad. And the kind of parallel between him and being the current first seat of the elite ten, and Joichiro back in the day, um, and how they're both kind of going through, or they like he is going through what Joichiro went through of like being the unbeatable chef, and everyone saying. Like, and that kind of isolating them and making them, like, their mental... Like, draining their mental health. And then Erna's dad then using that as his leverage to then... How he then figured out to get everyone behind the scenes of the Elite 10 to then create the rebel force to make Central. And then to take over the school that they're now fighting in. The, the whole stick <laughs> And then there is... the Their dishes are served. The yeah, the central dishes are served. Yukihira serves a main course, and then they win! Uh, I mean, that's, that's such a quick escalation of things. So that's how it happens. Um, and then the last episode of season four is Yukihira uh, getting decided to be the first seat of the Elite Ten and Erina becomes the new director, and Joichiro and Jojiro just ask Erina's dad out for a pint, and it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> he tries to like ruin their lives and they're just like it's cool you want to go for a drink <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> um yeah but anyway that is that season four so thoughts
1: best season by far so rating every season two, Oh yeah we, we have...
2: forgot to rate them yeah
1: <laughs> yeah season two seven and a half season three eight and a half season four nine
0: Ah, okay, so progressively better. I'm going to go with, what did I say season one? I said season one was a seven. Season two, I'm going to go with uh, also a seven, because it makes me cringe a little bit. Um, <laughs>
1: season- I'm surprised most of the show didn't have you just go skip, skip, skip. Skip, I think skip, I think plot, it's because skip.
0: it's so humorous that I don't mind so much. It's when it's like awkward that I can't handle it. But it's <laughs> just like it's so normal that it it doesn't really bug me. Like they don't care, so it don't like I don't care. But if they cared, then I would care more. But the characters are like, yeah, okay, whatever.
2: <laughs> the food's good.
0: <laughs> um. Season three, uh, is my favorite season. I'm gonna go with a eight and a half and a season four an eight. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So slightly lower than, than yours overall scores. I I think that's just mainly because I uh, sometimes find the explanations of the food and why it's good to be a little tedious like it's I I it doesn't retain my attention as much as it should do when they're talking about the reason why food that that particular dish was really good. I think that's purely because I have the attention span of
1: a squirrel. Uh,
0: yes. And so <laughs> so I want to know more important information right away. Um as in who wins. I can't <laughs> I can't handle them judging for so long. Um so
1: Yeah, you know what? We're not covering another shonen because of that. <laughs> <laughs> they have to explain everything in detail. Yeah. Otherwise, how are they going to fill up a full 24-minute episode?
0: Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, for some reason, but I love Slice of Life. But for some reason, yeah, where they're going on about how the food is just a lot. I'm like, I didn't, I, you could have just said, I don't understand what you're talking about anyway. I'm not a chef kind of e person. Like, I, I love to cook, but I don't, I just shove stuff in a pot and I'm good with it. You know, I'm not like, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't care about your seven different grains of flour. Like, I'm sorry, I don't.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Like, where they were discussing the, um, is it the soba? Yeah, the soba noodles.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, they were going through, and there's like, and there's three different grains of the specific soba noodle buckwheat flour. And if you use this one, which only has one part of the, flour corn thing the shell then this makes refined flour noodles and i'm like i don't care
1: and you see here's the thing for me as somebody who has such a passion for cooking like i was enthralled with all that information i was like i can make my recipes that much better (laughs)
2: like
1: I I had a ball watching all of it. It It's so much fun.
0: It might also have to do with the fact that they're recipes that I'm never going to make because of the fact that the vast majority of these recipes are heavily meat-based. So, yeah, it's just, like, irrelevant information for me.
1: Mm, Sucks, I guess.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will be able to enjoy... (sighs) Fuck, I can speak. I will be able to enjoy all of the meat dishes. <laughs>
0: um, I I would genuinely be interested in seeing them do some things that aren't as meat-based. I know that Japanese cuisine is so meat-based, though. So everything is... I mean, cuisine all over the world is meat-based. Um, But yeah, I want to see them make a vegetarian dish. Like, come on, guys. They,
1: they had one. That, like, seven-layer vegetable thing. Oh, great. season one.
0: Mm-hmm. Was that... Did that use gelatin? Because if it used gelatin, then it wasn't vegetarian.
1: I don't know. You know what I do know, though? What? Duncan has a phenomenal Beyond Meat sandwich. It's, like, Beyond Sausage, so Duncan it's vegetarian. Donuts? Yes, and it's delicious.
0: The Beyond Meat?
1: Yeah, it's like Beyond Sausage Sandwich.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. Tim Horton's had that for a while, too. Mm. But it was just a a temporary thing. I don't know. I don't know? know.
1: Duncan has kept it, and I'd rather enjoy my iced coffee and Beyond Sausage Sandwich.
0: I do love Beyond Meat. They make some really good fake meat.
1: Yeah, as somebody who tried to be vegetarian for a little bit, yeah, like, that kind of kept me going.
0: You were so <laughs> unsuccessful.
1: That that gave me life. Look, okay, I had tragedies happen in life, and therefore it caused me to binge eat. Yeah. Look, okay, we went to Chick-fil-A and spent $44 on mac and cheese.
0: <laughs> Did I ever
1: tell you about that?
0: No, you didn't. That's a mood.
1: Yeah, we. <laughs> so my grandmother passed away. Aww. Another friend of ours had, like, a really harsh breakup, I guess. I don't know and so we went we went through the drive-through of chick-fil-a we pull up and we asked the guy because chick-fil-a has mac and cheese now and it had just recently become a thing around that point or like shortly beforehand so we asked the guy we're like how much mac and cheese can we buy and he was like uh, we have small, medium, and large containers. <laughs> and Abby asked the guy, she's like, no, no, you don't understand. How much can we possibly buy? <laughs> and his face, you could tell we probably just ruined his whole day <laughs> oh. with that question. Even though it was genuinely <laughs> like, it was a genuine question. We wanted to know because the three of us were all going to chow down on some damn mac and cheese. <laughs> so we got like five large bowls of mac and cheese i think we got like an eight count nugget and a large sweet tea we spent 44 bucks it was ah, uh, it was it was a blast and then we also i say we also i dropped 36 dollars on a cookie cake for a friend of ours
0: gotta love cookie cake
1: oh cookie cake is about the only sweet that i'll like partake in but it was funny because we we did all this on the same day and so it was a spur of the moment bye, but I called the Great American Cookie Place in the mall, and I was like, hey, we need a cake. They're like, okay, what do you want it to say? And I thought about it, because we were going to have Eric go pick it up, and I thought about it for a second, and I was I want you just to take it, cover it in pink icing all the way around it, put a giant heart, and just put Eric in the middle of it.
2: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Oh yeah, so he went to pick it up. And so he told the dude the the name on it, and dude opens it up, and he's like, is this what you are after? And Eric said he just laughed in the dude's face. <laughs> so, by far, best 36 bucks I've ever spent, but that's a day I will never forget, just because of the random hilarity that went on. That's funny. And also the fact that we managed to spend $80 in food on one day.
0: I mean, <laughs> worth it. Worth
1: it. My, my, My face hurts just from talking about that, because that's just, that's such a fond memory, and I love it so much. I don't even know why I got off topic about that. I
2: don't know. Yeah, that
1: was, (laughs) that was a day. That was fun. Anyway, best Shokugeki out of this season.
2: Oh.
0: Oh. Um, Erina versus Momo. Oh. Uh, was the brown sugar one. Mm Because it was so sweet with her and Megumi and Megumi crying. That was cute. Um, I don't know if I consider that best, but definitely up there. What was yours? What's yours?
1: So this wasn't necessarily the best, but I'm going to talk about it. So could you imagine having to do an entire shokugeki based off of butter?
0: (laughs) Yeah, true.
1: Like, (laughs) whenever I heard that, I immediately thought, okay, somebody's dying from a fucking heart attack. (laughs) But honestly, it was the uh, shokugeki between Soma and Erina against. Uh, yeah, the
0: final the final fight is just. I mean, it's class, right? It's it's the epitome. It's what everything's led up to. It is, and it it does sway things. I don't necessarily know if I consider it a shokugeki though in my mind because it's just like the the final bite, b- final bite, the final fight. But that's hilarious. <laughs>
1: You shouldn't have corrected that. You should have just kept going. That was perfect.
0: It's just like the final bite. Um, it kind of is, though. <laughs> if you're going to equate yeah, it, it to anything, it is It is the the bit where you take the bread and you mop up all the leftover sauce and knob on it.
1: I mean, there's nothing better than going to a Charlie's and getting their potato soup and just mopping the entire thing up with their rolls. That's just, that's class. Potato soup and bread in general is just a combination of the gods.
0: I really like where you get those bread rolls and they cut the tops off and then they scoop out all the middle of the bread and then they put the soup inside the bread roll and then they put the top of the bread back on.
1: So, my guilty pleasure is getting chicken alfredo in a bread bowl from Domino's Mm -hmm. because there's just something satisfying about having a giant fucking bowl made out of bread and it just being filled with pasta, sauce, and cheese.
0: (laughs) Would you like some carbs? It's just, yes. Yes i would like all of the carbs
1: it's just i i understand why america has an obesity problem but i'm okay with it because bread bowls
0: i don't know where bread bowls originate from
1: i don't know either Summer in I, Earth, probably I, I,
0: blame it on the italians and their delicious delicious the food how dare Look, they fresh <laughs> dare they mozzarella
1: make... is just oh so good
0: oh Anything, anything Italian. It just sounds good. Taggiatelle. Fettuccine. You know, it sounds good.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I just want to go take a trip to Italy and just have, like, authentic Italian food. Yeah. And not Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the closest thing you get to (laughs) authentic Italian around here.
0: I want to go to Italy and, and experience their coffee.
1: Ooh, yeah, that would be good.
0: Yeah, and their desserts. They're rich chocolates.
1: The Honestly, being able to go to, like, chocolate. Columbia mm. and try coffee there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can we just go on a worldwide coffee tasting tour?
0: I'm down. And then we could do a worldwide tea tour.
1: Yes, except that would, you know, would that be classified as cruelty? It depends. <laughs> just the level of silence. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you were just, like, breaking apart. On the inside, on that one, you or... know when you
0: you have an involuntary eye roll. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Um, what else? Uh, was really good about this season. Um,
1: all of it, all of it was great. It was, I enjoyed
0: all, it. Oh, uh, versus uh, Ishiki, that wild rabbit, uh, Shokugeki, was awesome.
1: hmm It was.
0: And the freaking, just, uh, I have an alligator.
1: <laughs> oh, just, what's her name again? Uh, yeah. Kobayashi. So, yeah, so Kobayashi is probably, like, my favorite character out of this whole season.
0: Yeah, she's the, probably the most unusual in her physical appearance as well. Mm-hmm. Because she's got, like, the cat eyes and pointed teeth.
1: Honestly, though, I could see her being Soma's sister.
0: Uh, yeah, they have the same energy.
1: Yeah, like, same energy, same color hair, like, whole nine yards. And she mm-hmm. acts so much like Saiba, too, to where I could I could just see it.
2: Yeah. like um, Honestly,
1: if that were a plot twist down the road, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Okay, so, best ship out of the show.
0: Oh, okay. Well, considering that we just mentioned her, I think there's a good shout-out there for uh, Sukasa and Kobayashi.
1: Mm-hmm, yep, yeah, I...
0: First and second seat.
1: I don't even think that's necessarily a ship. I think that's an actual thing.
0: I think that ship has sailed. <laughs>
1: yeah, that ship has definitely sailed.
0: I think they're they're really cute, and whether or not they're just really close friends or something more, I don't know. I just really like the dynamic between the two of them.
1: Hmm. Um. Arina and Hisako. Yeah. I ship that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hisako and Erina, but then you also have Erina and Yuki Hira.
1: And I mean, that's personally like my biggest ship out of the show. Although Megamine and, and Sona, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although here's a thing that I think really should become a thing: mm-hmm. Megamine and Takumi. Yes, I think that would just work.
0: Yeah, I actually like the idea of Megamine and oh shoot, what's his name? just evaporated from my brain. I don't need a name. Who needs names? Oh, Ryo. I think that he, like her being really soft and him, but then him and Alice as well, because he's her assistant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> there's so many possible ships. Um, there,
1: there's a lot of ships.
0: <laughs> but then Alice and Hiyama uh, as well, because they... Like he always always content, commenting on how she's spoiled, and they have a, like a quite a sibling. Her and Ryo have quite a sibling relationship. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I don't know if that's a if that, that ship's technically already sailed.
1: Or uh, Megumin and Ishiki?
0: Yeah, just
1: because that dynamic would be absolutely hilarious.
0: I mean, honestly, like Ishiki and Soma.
1: Yes, I am totally down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, that's also, like, what about the adults?
1: Uh, da, 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 Joichiro and fucking, uh, Hayama's guardian, whose name I can never remember.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually write her name down at all. But yeah, I think that, that, cause he tormented her all through school and I think that's hilarious.
1: Or, uh, Joichiro and Dojima.
0: That's true. But then also with Erina's dad.
1: Yeah, like that, that could just be a three-way ship
0: just all three of them just you are now a, a polyamorous three, trio that's how that's happening
1: or uh joichiro um, and the monk
0: yeah just mm-hmm.
1: because that one episode new york where joichiro is mm-hmm. out on the balcony and the monk came in, i ship that
0: <laughs> yeah why not <laughs>
1: uh, um, there weren't a lot of adults in this.
0: No, I'm trying to think of more adults, more female adults as well. It's very heavily male adult oriented because all of the female adults are just like judges or, you know.
1: And speaking of female adults, where the fuck is Soma's mom in all of this?
0: Yes. Okay. So we weren't going to mention anything about season five, so I'm not going to say. But like at the end of season four, I was so curious about Soma's mom and I'm still very very curious because you just get just a taste you don't get much but I am yeah his his mom because Joichiro was not gonna cook anymore he was told no cooking get out of Japan like you need to step away from being a chef because it's destroyed your mental health like they legitimately thought that he had possibly done something very drastic um they were running around searching for him, scared out of their minds. And then they found him and he was just like mentally exhausted. And then he leaves Japan and then all of a sudden turns up 16 years later with a kid and he's back loving cooking again. And then they attribute it to his partner, his mo- like uh, uh, Yukihira's mom, and she's just not around. And you assume that she's passed away, but you're never actually, it's never confirmed.
1: So many questions. Not enough answers.
0: Not enough answers. Also, Soma's scar. Yes. I am curious.
1: Although I I almost assume that's a cooking accident.
0: I also assume it is a cooking accident. I would like to see said cooking accident.
1: Yes. Like, honestly, I hope it happened in like a Shokugeki with his dad.
0: Oh, that would be good character yeah, relations of, yeah. like, his dad then feeling horribly guilty. And, like, because you never get to see his dad being really caring towards Soma to Soma. You see him being caring to Soma behind the scenes, but, mm-hmm. like, Soma never sees it.
1: Yeah, I don't know so much.
0: Yeah, there's so much that you don't know. And then Erin's mom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot there to that, too, that we don't yeah. have.
0: because her dad was a dick, but then her mom, like, because his dad, her dad married into the family. Her dad isn't. Like, one of- So he inherited the I make other people burst their clothes off. Um, Although he did at the end of season four burst his own clothes off.
1: And everybody else's.
0: And every- I was surprised that the whole auditorium didn't just get naked.
1: I think the whole auditorium did get naked. Did they? I think everybody got naked besides, like, Soma and Erina and... Yeah, I think those were the only two that didn't get naked.
0: True. And then just Ishiki Senpai just staying naked. Um... (laughs)
1: he was naked more often than not in this show honestly honestly. yeah
0: like it's actually quite jarring when you see him clothed because you're like wait who are you oh right yeah
1: i even think they referenced that at some point like he was in his uniform they're like wait who are you
0: (laughs) yeah um like when what's his face takes off his glasses
1: oh yeah yeah Uh, shit i can't think of his name Um, but he was honestly a hilarious character throughout the show too
0: yeah, the everyone kiddie- in Polar Star, the dorm, is is awesome.
1: Honestly, I could watch an entire, like, OVA season of just Polar Star shenanigans.
0: Same, I really, really, really want to know more about the guy who you never see his eyes, who just smokes everything. And about this girl who just, like, uh is, like, the, the epitome of jarring things and wine and, like, alcohols and, like, no one like where's her bloodline like i want to know her backstory because apparently everyone that goes to this school are part of elite family members like that's why it was so shocking when the aldini brothers and Yukihiro went because they're diner brats and like nobody else is they're all from family lines of like high-end gourmet food or like associates of food so they make ingredients or something
1: and then also like free range chick as well
0: yeah, yeah, Yuki.
1: And honestly, a uh, lady that's over Polar Star herself. Yeah. Like, I want I want background info on everything.
0: I want to know how the director, what he was like during his day, because he was the director of the entire school, and, like, he, they've, it's been in the family, the Nakari family line for, like, how many years? Like, what, what's his life?
1: Also, Dojima. I want more background on Dojima.
0: Yeah, what happened to him, because he, although he was the first seed, um of the Elite Ten, he wasn't better than Yukihira.
1: And even a uh, red-headed step-teacher. Like, I could, I could use some more backstory on him to know yes. why he's so snooty. Even though you, like, honestly, out of adults, he had the most character development out of the whole show.
0: He, Yeah, actually, true. Shino, uh, yeah, Shinomiya.
1: Yeah. Shinomiya. It- there's a lot. There's so much more I want out of the show that I would just love out of spinoffs.
0: Honestly, yeah. Just, I would love an OVA of uh, Shinomiya and Dojima and Joichiro's crew back when they were in school. Mm. Like, I want to see the uh, Joichiro versus 50 other people show Kugeki.
1: I think he, was it 50 or was it like in the hundreds?
0: It was 50 people that he versed in that one Shokugeki at that one time, but over the period of time, he versed hundreds of people, because he just accepted them all.
1: That's that's just wild. But yeah, yeah but he a 50-person team person Shokugeki, team shokugeki. 50. like, oh my god. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. Honestly, I want to see a Shokugeki between Dojima and uh, Joichiro, too. Yeah. And also, why did Joichiro change his name?
0: Yeah, well, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, there's so much.
0: Mm-hmm. And what happens to the diner? Because they were only going to close it down while he was in high school. But, like, do you really think that Soma's just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm done with high school. I'm going to go back to a tiny diner.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's always been, like, his goal and ambition is to take over the diner.
0: That's true. But, like, it's Soma. Like, I, he's, he's not going to stay a diner.
1: No, I think it's going to stay a diner.
0: <laughs> but like, it's going to end think... up being, like, an amusement park of food.
1: Yes, like, honestly, like, Ferris wheels, like, honestly, so, you know what's technically an amusement park of food? What? Besides buffets?
0: The sushi that goes around on the little
1: travel. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. (laughs) Honestly, I want a restaurant like that, but, like, pizza, or burgers, or some shit like that. Or ramen, that would be amazing. Mm. Honestly, every restaurant should just be a conveyor belt restaurant.
2: A conveyor belt, Yeah. I think, it's like, That's that I
1: think it's like dollar sushi that just comes by, so you just pick each individual one that you want. Oh, it's such a nifty concept. Whoever came up with that, good job.
0: I had it once when I was in LA. Really? Yeah. It's it's very amusing. It's it's just amusing. <laughs> All of the bowls are different coloured depending on the price, mm-hmm. and then you can like order stuff off the menu as well. But yeah, it just like goes around and and then you get them. And every time you get like a, a dish, your bowls, then you get like points or something. I don't know. I don't quite remember how it works. Or like no, your points, your bowls stack up, and then at the end of the time, the amount of bowls that you get equates to like a gachapon, and you end up getting like a little prize. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. The, yeah. Because of your bowls. So the more bowls that you have, the more Gachapan, the like, the, the yeah, the prize changes.
1: Honestly, I could go for that because I feel like I could get a lot of points.
0: Mm-hmm. It's surprisingly filling. You think you're going to get more bowls than you do, but yeah.
1: I don't know. I have a really bad habit of, like, letting my eyes order more than I can actually handle. Yeah. The last time we went to Knoxville and went to a restaurant, I think I ordered like thirty dollars worth of food and only managed to eat like ten or fifteen. And I was just like, fuck, I hate my life. It was delicious, but I hate my life.
0: I've also been known to have eyes bigger than my stomach as well.
1: And I don't understand why. Like it's not like I want to go out and spend that much money at a restaurant. Like I don't intend to, but I'm like, this sounds good and this sounds good. And also I I don't eat this and
0: this too.
1: Yeah, it's just like (laughs) I'm eating out for the first time in a while i'm in a city that i probably won't come back to for a while like why not and i'm also never one to get dessert the last time i got dessert whenever i went out to a restaurant was whenever i went and got ramen a little over a year ago and i had that mm-hmm. matcha ice cream but my god that matcha ice cream was like one of the most amazing dessert dishes i've ever had
0: yeah i very rarely get gelato uh, get gelato <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I very rarely get dessert as well, except when I go to Italian places when I get gelato, but I just skipped the entire middle section of that <laughs> statement and went right to the end. Um,
1: I love when I get gelato. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, no. Uh, yeah, when I go to Italian places, I'll get gelato because I like it. It's very small and I have such a, like I don't have a very big sweet tooth at all. Like you're the same as me. We much prefer savory food over, over sweet food. And so um, I like i I won't ever finish a dessert it's too sweet for me it's too much even if it's like a apple pie or something like it something isn't stereotypically being incredibly sweet i would i still don't normally finish it because i find it just too much for my palate to handle which is why i like really little desserts um that tend to be more intense in flavor and that's why i really like gelato uh because like you can get like cappuccino flavor or something and it's just uh, coffee and it's like a tiny scoop and it's really intense but it's small
1: mm. if you ever come to the states again i'm gonna have to take you to my favorite coffee shop mm-hmm. because they also make their gelato but they make it all in-house like everything this place does they make it themselves and it's not mm-hmm. a chain like it's the only store of its kind Mm -hmm. And their gelato is so impactful with flavor. Like, I think the last time I went and I actually got gelato, I think I got... Because it's three scoops, no matter what. So I think I got burnt sugar, lemon, and strawberry. Mm -hmm. And all three of those flavors just meshed so well together. But they were all, like, individual punches of their own. Mm -hmm. Where I was just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever come up with.
2: Mm -hmm. Because
1: sweet, sour, and... Strawberry sweet, but I consider it a little bit more savory, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's not incredibly sweet.
1: Yeah, so I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, if you ever come to the States, I'll have to drag you. Ooh, sorbets are also good.
0: Sorbets are so nice. We're just getting distracted and now talking about food.
1: Yeah, we're just talking about food in general. Like we said, we hope you brought snacks for this episode. Yeah, honestly.
0: Okay, so, overall, favorite Shokugeki?
1: Soma and Arena against Kobayashi and... First seat, whose name I can't remember.
0: Uh, uh, su- <laughs> Tsukasa.
1: Yeah, because Tsukasa. it it carried the most weight out of every Shokugeki, and it was the only one to where I legitimately could have seen like them just ruining the whole show over it. Yeah. Like, it just, I don't know. And also, I waited four fucking years for that Shokugeki. <laughs> Essentially.
0: Yeah, I I have a couple little things that I'm not super keen on about that specific shokugeki. Not that it's like a bad shokugeki or whatever, because it is absolutely like the peak of when all of this happened. I just found that there was so much excess stuff in it. And this is again, this is me being with my ADHD and not being able to like be captured by things for a long period of time and finding there's so much like extra information that like I like fill up on how much I can take in and then I need to like process that for a second and there was just like so much because it was like they present their dish really quickly the central present their dish their two dishes really really quickly and then Soma presents his and everyone's going oh my god it's the main course and it's supposed to be he's supposed to have presented a uh, appetizer and he's just put out a main course what's he doing and then they eat that And then there's like an hour (laughs) in between when Erena finally serves her dish and then they don't eat it for forever because her dad is like, no, I'm not going to eat this trash. Just looking at it. I can't even. And then so they don't eat it. And then so then everyone else tries the dishes and then it takes like so long for the judges to just eat the food and judge it. And then they're judging it for so long, and I know it's supposed to be, like, this big epitome, like, this thing that's supposed to happen where, like, it's supposed to take some time, but it- I don't know. It felt like my brain can't handle- I just want to know now. I want the information about who wins right now, and you're not giving it to me, and I need it, (laughs) and I'm impatient.
1: Look, okay, you didn't watch it week to week like I did, lady.
0: (laughs) I know, but how I'm, do
1: you think I felt?
0: I was impatient mid episode. That's how I. I don't even understand. This is why I can't do week to week because I'm so bad. At, like I just forget. I'm like I'm sorry. i If you don't give me everything right now, I will forget immediately.
1: All I want is a friend to discuss Rezero with. My life. All I want is, is a functioning a brain that can
0: handle. <laughs> More than five seconds of wait time between things—that would be really nice.
1: I am I am deeply saddened by the fact that I have no one to talk about Rezero with.
0: I'm deeply saddened by my own brain.
2: <laughs>
1: my uh, brain
0: is sad about itself. How like meta is that? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um. But yeah. Okay.
1: So so we talked about shit. Let me. Let me take a guess about which one was yours, because I have a thought, but I'm okay. not 100% certain. hmm The three-way.
0: That sounds... Um, yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, geez, grow up. Um...
1: Yeah, brain, gutter, get it out. <laughs> I don't care if it becomes homeless, get it out of the gutter.
2: <laughs> um, I can't... I'm just giggling about that now. i <laughs> between,
1: Why <are> you s- <laughs> between me thinking that somebody's got to be packing <laughs> to now just
0: <laughs> you say the most you say the most provocative things and then just pause and just let my brain just think but what else
1: was there for me to add to that it was literally a three-way Keki. like what but you and can- it's literally the only one Two, the only one. There is no other shokugeki I could have been referring to.
0: I know, but it's... It's it's, baka,
1: baka, baka, baka. I feel
0: like you end your sentences halfway through. I mean, I know I do this all the time. But you end your sentences halfway through, and then it just allows my brain to fill in the blank. And it just, it's not good. You shouldn't do that. I'm going to end up making somebody mad. Okay. (laughs) Um, I did like that Shokugeki. I thought that was, um, it was really good. I, I mean, I don't like the result of it, but I did, I did. Why not? It allows growth. I know, but like, I want main character to be OP. I don't though, because it doesn't make a good show, but like, you know what I mean? It does make Um, a
1: good show. Look at One Punch Man, that's okay. hilarious, or at least through season one, or that time I got reincarnated as a slime.
0: That's true. But, like, it d- it depends. For this, there definitely needed to be growth. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, let me think, let me think. Uh, I really like the Aldini Yukihira tracing dude
1: um, oh, the Mimasaka one?
0: Yeah, Mimasaka dynamic. Those two Shokugeki's, probably Yukihiro's, because of the growth that then was initiated from Takami afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm gonna go with that.
1: I want a real Shokugeki between Soma and Erina.
0: I do too. I want Yukihiro to go against his dad again, and I wouldn't mind seeing Erina go against his dad. I could see that. Yeah. Or, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Team Shokugeki. Um, Soma and Erina against Dojima and Joichiro.
0: No, okay. uh, Dojima and Joichiro gather all of the people that were part of their Elite 10 during their day. You get the uh, Elite 10 that ended at the end of Season 4. Battle.
1: But Erina's not part of that uh, Elite 10.
0: She is the exception to the rule.
1: So who do you get rid of?
0: Uh, the Yukasa. Uh, yeah, yeah Yucu, uh, the Yucusa dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak. I can say words. It's fine. The a dude, the one who is who um is a butthead who took the Mezzaluna.
1: Are you talking about me, Masaka?
0: No. Am I?
1: That's the one who took Aldini's Mezzaluna.
0: Oh no, not here!
1: So, so Soma no. technically has the MedSalida.
0: Yeah, I know the 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 one the the, the 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 the. You're talking about the
1: one that had all the money that ran the mm-hmm. company. Him. That yeah, that's that's who I figured you were going to say, but
0: I get there eventually. <laughs>
1: yeah, eventually.
0: Eventually, I just turned back to my notes and saw harem question mark, and I'm like quitting. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> Although this very wall could have easily turned into a harem anime. <laughs>
0: honestly i was it or a reverse horror room, to be honest like it it could go either way it could have gone
1: it really could have
0: could have gone in many directions <laughs> <laughs> oh. um yeah
1: so does that wrap up everything that i think we so to talk about? i know
0: that we talked about some things that we wanted to let me just go back to our conversation on discord and see if there's anything that i missed there uh, do, 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 do. Oh, overall best boy and best girl. Who do you think best boy and best girl are?
1: Um Soma, best boy, because yes. And <laughs> best girl, Megamine hands down. Like she just fits like the ideal concept of best girl.
0: She does. Absolutely. Soma, yeah. I think that he well, he's a main character, so he gets main character. If you're not going with him because he's the main character, um
1: Isumi. Takumi's brother.
0: Aw, yeah. Like uh,
1: embodiment of best boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with
1: that. Because if but... I had to sit down and think of like who my best boy in the entirety of anime would be, it would be Deku. And anytime I think of Isumi, like, and think of a character to compare him to, it's definitely Deku.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to see him do his own thing. I want to see him have a moment.
1: Definitely. Yeah, he needs a moment. Although, I think the concept of him and Takumi having, like, a tag team Shokugeki and them being undefeated in tag team Shokugeki's, like, is just top-notch quality stuff.
0: Me too. Agreed. Well, they are twins. Twins have psychic connections. I know this being the best friend of twins. Tis true. Tis true. Um... (laughs) i'm gonna get a text from them later and just be like hey did you talk about us today i'll be like yeah i talked about your psychic connection (laughs) you guys
1: are podcast famous now
0: i talk about them a lot on here they just don't know about it (laughs) all (laughs) horrible things of course Um,
1: of course of course
0: okay we didn't actually pay attention to the eps because they weren't anything to write home about to be honest but op best op
1: season four hands down
0: season one first uh first op Really? Yeah.
1: It's, I think, my second least favorite?
0: Really? Oh, I freaking love it. I love it so, I don't know if it's just because it brings back the memes and the feels, and I love that nostalgia, but I, yeah, I can't, you can't knock it, it's the opener, I love it.
1: Whenever I listen to it the first time of a rewatch, like, I got such, like, nostalgia breakdown. Mm Mm-hmm. But because we were at work, so we were dealing with shitty Ethiopian internet, we couldn't skip it, because it wouldn't, like, come back to us if we tried to skip it. Right. So I think it overplayed to the point to where the nostalgia very quickly wore off.
0: Uh, Did you find it annoying, then, when they included it in season four?
1: No. Like, I think it fit in season four. Like, I love callbacks like (laughs) that. Me too. Like, what was the anime that we watched recently that did that? Oh. Dr. Stone, yes, Yes. during the last episode. Like, I love when shit like that happens, because it's just such a nice callback, especially whenever they swap OPs and EDs. Yeah. Or I love, like, whenever they introduce, like, a one-time OP or ED. Yeah. Like, that stuff is also top-notch stuff.
0: Yeah. I can understand how it could wear off for you, but for me, it still hits that mad nostalgia vibe, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: I very much enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I completely forgot that we were doing that, so as we were getting ready, I had my headphone in and was listening to all the EPs. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, 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 baka.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, the EPs didn't make- but then, I think you guys know that the OPs and EDs aren't a huge swayer for me as to what makes or breaks a show, but- uh Yeah, I did really enjoy the first op.
1: And my least favorite out of the bunch was definitely the one for the train arc.
0: I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
1: Now, least favorite ED out of the bunch. I think it was like the second one.
0: The first season part two.
1: Yeah, I think the title of the song is Sexy Curry. I hate that one with a passion. I've never hated an EP more in my life. I can't say that. I probably have hated EPs more. Actually, the EP for Toradora, I hate. Now, the first OP for Toradora is catchy as shit, or at least the first part of it. But after that, bleh.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The EPs didn't really make much of an impact on me. Okay, uh, who would you most want to have a Shokugeki with, or against?
1: Uh, uh. That's a tough one, because all of them are just so...
0: Can I choose Joichiro? I want to choose Joichiro.
1: <laughs> okay, so we choose one adult and one student.
0: Okay, Joichiro.
1: Yeah, Joichiro and then student. Honestly, I'm going to go with Megamine.
0: Yeah, just because it's like comfy food.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like I could learn the most from having a Shokugeki with her. Mm-hmm. But also Erna.
0: Yeah. Although I'd be terrified.
1: Honestly, yeah, for her to try the food.
0: Yeah, like oh, don't eat my be... cooking. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's who we're having a shoku geki against. We never established that they had to try the food.
0: I no, I would not. Megumi, she would be like, "Oh, you tried really well, even though she would thoroughly kick my ass." Um, and I'm okay with that. I feel like it would be a fairly nice beating. Um, but <laughs> but she would destroy me, and my self esteem would never recover. So maybe not. Um. <laughs> Maybe Yukira just because like he at least you can say then you evolved his cooking because he learned something from every battle he ever faces. So I'm that's He a learns cool... what
1: not to do. Yeah, <laughs> sure so gekiing us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Honestly, Hayama too, just because I would wouldn't be in the same room as him whenever he cooks.
0: Yeah, honestly, just to sniff. And I, he would, he specializes in curry and curry, a lot of curry is vegetarian. So I'm fairly certain that I could get a good meal out of that. And I'm always down for a good meal. You feed me, I'm happy.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, or, um.
1: Biggest blunder.
0: Biggest blunder. Okay. This is the biggest blunder in anime history. If you ask me. Aldini. Takami Aldini. He makes a pizza. He is an Italian raised in an Italian restaurant. An Italian diner, so he is, the, uh, that is his whole identity, is his, his that he is Italian. I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be, like, tossing the pizza dough or whatever, but I was definitely not expecting him to whip out a rolling pin and roll the dough. How dare they?
1: Yeah, Blue and I came to agreement on this, but I figured her rant would be better than mine. <laughs> but also, if we're talking about the biggest blunder in anime history, that's Gun Frontier. But this is definitely second. <laughs>
0: You can Gun Frontier is a whole, a whole thing. This is just like a section. Just <laughs> I, it was it probably five seconds, not even three seconds of just my face just dropped.
1: Honestly, I really want to draw pouting blue that I already have, but redraw it and <laughs> just put under angry blue noises.
0: Yeah, specifically <laughs> for the moment, right? Because I mean, I don't know pizza dough. And a rolling pin. Just they in my brain. I don't. I uh,
1: you just don't.
0: <laughs> I, you just. I don't know. I. I. I am not Italian. I do not specialize in pizza. I do specialize in bread making. I love to make bread, and I would never use a rolling pin on bread ever. Bread dough. Hands all the way. Even when you're braiding it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Oh, what food do you want them to make next?
2: Mac or and what, cheese.
0: Like, mac and cheese. Mac uh and cheese. it's funny like, I sent this to Brad um uh earlier and he responds mac and cheese and I respond I was thinking shepherd's pie. We are from our native countries aren't we?
1: Yep, we are 100%. <laughs> I was
0: like and native then it would, it would be fun to see them do poutine. And I was like okay. Uh yeah. Mhm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we yeah, but like I they don't actually do anything british but i think that is to do with the fact that in anime stereotypes british people cannot cook at all it is
1: nothing but tea
0: (laughs) it is nothing but tea and if they do cook it is the most foul thing you've ever seen in like this is anime tradition at this point but british people can't cook you see any anime where there is a british person and you get them to cook something and it will be disgusting that is just it's like law now
2: well i
1: feel like it's Like stereotype lore in general. Yeah. Like the only thing you hear food wise come out of the UK is tea and crumpets.
0: Yeah. Or like white bread.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's it.
0: (laughs) White bread. Yeah. But yeah, so I would be interested to see them tackle some British cuisine. It would be hilarious to watch them try and tackle some haggis or black pudding. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, some of the other interesting creations that we make. But then also seeing him do some, like, Yorkshire pies, some, you know, Cornish pasties, some, you know, shepherd's pie, cottage pie, a roast, just a Sunday roast. Or, you know, things like that that are, like, that originated as British, but America has kind of also taken quite a bit of, like, the roast and stuff, like, the turkey and that. America is. Although, is it true that in America, people deep fry entire turkeys?
1: Yes. And if you haven't had it, it's fucking delicious.
0: (laughs) I understand the obesity rating.
1: Well, here's the thing. (laughs) A deep fried turkey is actually juicier than a baked turkey.
0: It doesn't surprise me.
1: Honestly, though, since we're on the topic of deep frying shit, deep fried green beans are delicious.
0: Have you ever heard of a deep-fried Mars bar?
1: I have, and I've also had deep-fried Oreos and Twinkies. Seriously? hmm The more you know. America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never had any of those. Um,
1: I haven't actually tried either of those. I've made deep-fried Oreos and deep-fried Twinkies because I, I don't even know how the fuck. I got roped into helping at my ex-girlfriend's football game, like mm-hmm. working the deep-fry session, concession area or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't even know how but i got talked into that bullshit and so i got to make those and that was i have never looked at something and felt my arteries clog so much until that
0: i i am interested i would be very interested to see them try and do Putin, though um, i could see that yeah because like i mean the traditional is just fries gravy and cheese curds but that is absolutely not what it is anymore. It is, it's evolved into its own medium, like a pie. You could put anything on it, uh, but that is the traditional. But I would be interested to see them tackle that as some uh, French-Canadian cuisine there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I want to see, yeah, I really want to see the Albini brothers do some more Italian stuff, because I'm still mad about that pizza. <laughs> Yeah, that's everything that we had.
1: Yeah, I think that covers it. I'm afraid Question to pull questions.
0: it back up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I checked it. I checked it. So it's everything okay. that we previously discussed.
1: Cool. So, I think that wraps everything up oh, for this Oh, we week. haven't
0: done our overall rating for the whole show. Eight. Uh,
1: 7.5. I feel like we're always extremely close with we our are. ratings.
0: Yeah. I, I find it so entertaining to watch, but there are parts of it where I'm just like, skip. <laughs> Because it's just, it, I don't know, it drags out a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, it's just, I find it really entertaining. I think it's probably in, would it be in my top 10 of all time?
0: It would be in my top 10 of all time just purely for, like, I, this is hilarious, I want to watch.
1: Yeah, I feel like it'd probably sit, like, at number 10 or number 9, more than likely.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that I would necessarily put it in my top 10 for, like, um best anime ever. Because to me, that then elicits more of a artistic, you know, the emotion, and you don't really get emotion from food wars; it's just a laugh. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, top food anime of all time.
1: Oh, definitely best food anime of all time.
0: Yeah, my stomach—it's so loud; it's growling. I—we talked about food for too long.
1: I know what you're doing.
0: I'm gonna go stuff my face. Like yeah. a pig.
1: If it wasn't thirty in the morning, I would probably do the same.
0: I don't care the time. I would eat at 4 o'clock in the morning. I, I mean, do. I would
1: too. But then I have to worry about waking up the roommate. Uh, and yeah, I don't even remotely want to hear that load of bullshit.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Luckily for me... Uh, everyone in my house are really heavy sleepers it would take a marching Uh, band to wake them up
1: and yet i am i'm the lightest sleeper that i know and it's so weird considering how little sleep i get Mm. so yeah it is it is unfortunate (laughs) but yeah so next week are you excited
0: i am excited
1: because i think it was you that recommended the manga of this show to me i did so, do you want to go into detail about what it is?
0: Okay. Well, uh, so ne- next week, we're going to be doing My Little Monster, um, which is uh, a rom-com, I guess?
1: Um, oh, it's definitely a rom-com, without yeah, question.
0: Yeah, slice of life rom-com um, that is has uh, some questionable personality traits of some of the main characters. Very uh, questionable. <laughs> yeah, um... Don't emulate it as a real life romance, please. Don't. It wouldn't be healthy at all. It's fine in anime, but not in real life. Um, uh, but it is very funny to watch, and uh, there is a very important chicken throughout the anime. So, I chicken
1: think is best boy.
0: Chicken is best boy. Like um, honestly,
1: throughout the whole show, I think that's my favorite character.
0: <laughs> I agree. The chicken is best boy. So, if you wish to know more about said chicken, um, then you have to tune in next week.
1: Yes, and outside of that, I think that is everything. So, thank you all so much for listening, Blue and I, greatly appreciate it. You can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender Monday through Saturday, except for Wednesdays at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. Between 8pm to 10pm Mountain Standard Time, streaming a vast variety of things from Minecraft to Minecraft to a little bit of Spyro to a little bit more Minecraft. You can also find her on Twitter and I forgot Instagram. My art
0: streams.
1: Do you do those once a week?
0: Because
1: uh, I was trying to make a joke about things that are, like, guaranteed consistent for once a week. I feel like they're once every two or three weeks.
0: Yeah, more like that. Because I'm lazy. Well,
1: I mean, I know you just said a lot of it is just because you, like, don't want to force yourself to do it. It's something mm-hmm. that you do as more of a hobby.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, I'm lazy.
1: Also, I mean, good on you for doing art streams, because I still refuse to do that bullshit. <laughs>
0: My last art stream was interesting.
1: Although, I will say, after watching Toradora, I did see the epitome of what a bunny rabbit in anime should be. Aww. So, I kind of want to send you that clip, because I kind of want to see that drawn, even though you've already done a rabbit. I want to see you take a cute anime rabbit and draw it, because it was literally the most adorable thing I've ever seen.
0: I am down to attempt, although realism is my specialty, but we'll see.
1: No, no. That's why I want you to take this adorable little bunny rabbit and in make an anime real. form and make it real.
0: I, I will do my best.
1: I have faith in you. Please do it. <laughs> Honestly, that's a really good idea for an art stream. Take an anime character and draw it in your style.
0: Ooh. That sounds like a challenge, but yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Anyway, we've tangented again.
1: Yes. So, Twitter and Instagram, Blue Lavender STM. Um, yes. And the best Tilly Bean. Yes. Because adorable doggo.
0: Because adorable doggo. Also, Instagram, Twitter, for the podcast, be at BNB Anime. Same for both. Brad runs the Instagram. He is posting memes. It's very funny. Please check it out. Uh, Brad no longer streams on Twitch. Because he sucks. No, I'm kidding. Because he ah, uh, baka,
2: baka, you know, baka, is, baka.
0: Because he has so many big projects going on, um, and lots of exciting stuff. So you know there will be more content from us coming your way, uh, outside of streaming and podcasts and other kinds of stuff as well uh if you would like to learn about those projects you can find out more information on our website where we also have an archive of all of our previous episodes uh of the podcast which you can also find find on spotify itunes whatever your streaming services for listening to podcasts are (laughs) Um, and we also have them uploaded onto youtube as well so if you uh prefer to to listen to them on youtube you can do that we also have a youtube channel that is associated with said youtube channel with all of our archived episodes on uh that just has like uh some fun voice acting projects and eventually it's gonna have like uh some outtakes from the podcasts um some funny moments possibly some animations we've got big plans for that so you know drop a sub there's not much on there right now but there will be in the future and we're excited about what's going to happen on there so uh yeah get like hyped get hype that is an order
2: Um.
1: (laughs) and if you're a sucker for awesome thumbnails go check out the podcast on youtube just for that because those thumbnails are top notch like i adore those thumbnails to no end
0: Yes, there are. So they, they are. They're. Mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <English. laughs> excuse me for a second. I just <laughs> malfunctioned. Um,
1: Was that? Did we plug everything?
0: I think we've plugged everything.
1: Oh, Blue also has a YouTube channel for all of her art stuff. So everything that you see or everything that she streams and or does in her spare time will be uploaded there. And she also does TikTok. <laughs>
0: Kind of. Um, I regularly upload on both YouTube and TikTok uh, art content where you don't see my face at all. You just see my hands and a piece of paper and a time lapse of seven hours worth of drawing down to about 15 minutes and or one minute, depending on whether or not you're on YouTube or TikTok.
1: Hey, I gotta hand it to you. That's some top-notch content. (laughs) Ah. You really nailed it. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but that's that's good stuff. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw the opportunity.
0: you you're, you're
1: I'm a what. I'm a what. You have already thrown some pretty bad insults I'm at me, so gonna, what do you got?
0: I'm just gonna keep you at arm's length. I think that's just how that's gonna go. Uh
1: okay. <laughs> that's that's a bad one.
0: <laughs> Anyways. <laughs>
1: Thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. We'll catch y'all next week for My Little Monster. But until then, bye-bye!
2: Bye!